the Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Had a long string of interview shows, and me and Sean have been kind of yearning for our old days of the review shows we used to do. So here we are tonight again. We're trying to let you guys know to expect the unexpected. It's been a while. It's been too long since this show has happened because we should have reviewed it by now. But life started throwing all kinds of stuff. But, man... The gang is here tonight, me and Sean, to review Expect the Unexpected's debut show. What's up, Sean? Yo, yo, what's up, Jamie? Yeah, man. Uh, definitely had to uh, had to make sure that we knocked this review out because uh, Expect the Unexpected was like a very special moment, I feel like, in professional wrestling. Um, but also, it was just a really special show in general. Uh, but yeah, like you said, man... Uh, we had a, a nice little long string of interviews and, uh, of course, helping New Wave, you know, hype up November Rain and all the stuff that we were doing in real life, <laughs> of course. Exactly. <laughs> life sucks sometimes. Uh, and uh, and we both, you know, got quite busy, still kept, the, you know, the, the train rolling. But, yeah, man, we definitely had to knock this one out uh, and uh, can't wait to talk about this show. For sure, man. And it was in Ridgefield Park, and I know... I remember the stories of your travel, you know, up to up here, you know, you you flew up here and everything, man, tell the listeners how that went. Just your travel up to New Jersey. Well, uh, what was, what was really cool about it, um, was the fact that, so there was some, uh, miscommunication as far as, uh, as, as far as, you know, who all was riding with who and all that good stuff. Um, and, and last minute, um, ETU helped me get a plane ticket to go up there. Um, and, and like that just meant a lot to me because, you know, I, I, I try to be as humble as possible, but like that made me feel like they really wanted me there. Um, and so, yeah, man, I, I actually flew up to Jersey. Um, and then also I, I, get, I had actually bought a plane ticket back for myself um, because of the fact that um, originally I think that it was going to be like a full weekend. Um, and I was going to have bookings up in Jersey and all of that. And so I had to, um, work out my own transportation so that I could be back in time, um, for Billy Stark's birthday show, Cosmic Christmas, which, uh, for the listeners tuning in, definitely stay tuned because we are going to do a review of that. Uh, and hopefully fingers crossed, 
Um, you know how things go sometimes, but I'm, I'm thinking we're going to have Billy Starks herself on the show. Uh, so that'll be really cool. <laughs> sure um, will, man. Yeah. So, but I had to work it out to where I made it back in time. So I had already had a plane ticket bought and paid for back. <laughs> uh, it was just the transportation getting up there. Uh, and so, yeah, ended up working it out to where I flew into Jersey, um, late, late Thursday night. Um, it's probably about like midnight ish, uh, got me a room, stayed close to the hotel. And then, uh, the next day ended up, uh, linking up with, uh, with our guy, Ryan struggles, uh, and, and the rest of the crew. And, uh, yeah, man, that, that Ridgefield park, uh, venue, um, it was funny because a lot of people were comparing it to the arena uh, in Jeffersonville as far as like just saying, you know, there's so many different kinds. Like it's kind of like the Mecca for, for wrestling up in that Jersey area. <laughs> sure know? is, man. Yeah. Oh, well, indie, indie wrestling for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, and of course, I had seen that venue so many times on, you know, different IWTV or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and so anytime we, we, I think we actually talked about this recently with the, uh, ICW and Chattanooga episode, anytime mm -hmm. that I get to, to cross off a venue that I've gotten to watch before, uh, and that I'd never been to, you know, it, it, that's always a cool moment. Um, so, you know, seeing that Ridgefield park, uh, venue so many times, and then, you know, knowing that I was going to be working in there and then getting there and, and like. You know, of course, <laughs> very similar to the arena. You know, you see it on TV and you're kind of like, man, that, that's a cool looking venue with the mask and everything. But then whenever you actually go there, it's not a whole lot of anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Very similar to, to the Ridgefield Park venue. It's just a, you know, what is it? A VFW hall or, or yeah. whatever hall it yeah. is uh, it, during the, you know, regular working hours. But. Man, does that, does that place not become a really cool professional wrestling venue uh, if you do it the right way? And I feel like Ryan uh, and, and the crew really did it the right way as far as setting up that Richville Park uh, venue. And I think downstairs, dude, there's some kind of a dance hall or some shit because... There yeah, that's what, where the locker room is. Oh, you found yeah. it too? Okay, yeah, cool. Well, yeah, uh, well, that, so it's, it's like a club, I think. Or yeah, it's, yeah. It's some kind of like lounge. But that was actually where they had uh, where they had the um, uh, the the locker rooms at. So, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. the one night I saw a show in there, and I've seen a lot of shows in that building, so it's kind of cool that you've been in there. I'm glad you have. But yeah, right during the show, they were bumping tunes downstairs, <laughs> and yeah, I'm just wondering what where's that music coming from. But it was right, it was close enough where you knew it was in in the building somewhere. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. You, you well, that's funny. Uh, on a, on a quick side note, uh, Paradigm actually has that same. Uh, I don't know if you can call it an issue <laughs> because it's not really a necessarily a bad thing, right? Um, but uh, that you know, Paradigm runs at a, a VFW hall or whatever it is, Knights of Columbus, I think, or whatever it is. Um, you know, during regular hours, mm -hmm. um, and and at the upstairs, there's there's an upstairs area of this venue. Um, where they will have different cover bands playing um, in the bar area. <laughs> and, and on particular, some Friday nights, you can uh, definitely hear the band playing uh, from the paradise, especially in like quiet moments, you can really hear the band. Uh, and, and the best part 
is when guys like Hoodfoot and, you know, the Bev and Matthew Justice will creep up to the bar to go hang out with them and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, uh, I, I think that's pretty funny, uh, you know, hearing the, the extracurricular activities going on at venues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Yo, this building, I mean, I've been in there a lot. And this show, it was the most packed I think I've ever seen that building. I mean, wow. Shrugs had to be happy with that turnout, oh, man. It was packed. The draw, yeah, the, the draw was incredible, man. And it was literally from the time that we opened the doors, uh, they just kept rolling in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was a, a certain point where, you know, I like to, to post a, a selfie from any show that I'm at. And, and I was going to take my selfie. And that that's the, the selfie that I actually took was, was with the ring and the whole crowd in the background because, and they weren't even done rolling in at that point. They were still filing, filing in whenever, whenever uh, I had, you know, took the picture that I took. Wow. And, uh, and, and I was, man, I, I was standing up there with like Ron and I, I think struggles might've been up there at some point. He was all over the place, man. Like that guy, <laughs> I mean, we, we know how, uh, how stressed he can get anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so for him to be the boss, uh man he was literally all over the place but he man he did a great job uh handled everything that needed to be handled um you know killed it man but uh but yeah um we were we were just watching people roll in uh and then we'll get you know we'll get into it once we get into the show but the the responses from the crowd um you know some of the things that they were just doing you know like um we'll get to it but during like the ricky and carlos match when when they were doing the "Oh Ricky, you so fine" chant, you know, and Ricky was playing off of it, like just so much cool stuff that the crowd really added to. Oh yeah, man! I, you know, if there was any doubt going in for struggles, if this was going to be a one and done show, or if there was going to be more, I mean, I'm sure that got settled for him really fast because mm -hmm. with that turnout, man, you can't <laughs> you can't go back at that point. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. I wonder yeah. if he'll keep doing Ridgefield Park in the future. I mean, it's a good place because it's close enough to the city. The only thing I don't like about the Ridgefield Park venue is there's not the parking can get tough if it's after five or so, you know, because it's all residential parking on the on street there and yeah. there's nowhere to park after a certain time. My my buddy Eric was coming to that show, so I told him, Dub, get there before four or so. If you do, you'll have no problem at all. Right. If it's later and everybody's home from work, good luck. You right. know, so that's the only thing I don't like about that one. Whereas if it was Jersey City or somewhere like that, you could get there by transit, you know. Right. And the Ridgefield, you really kind of can't. There, There is no – I mean, I guess you could take bus, but I'm not really much of a bus person. I'm more of a subway if I have to take transit. But, you know, small criticism. But as far as a wrestling venue, I love it. And, man, like you were saying, it's – it's used a ton. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I, there's there's definitely wrestling in there every weekend. Yeah, well, and it was uh, it was funny because a lot of the East Coast guys, um, when they were, because you know, like Mouse, um, Robert Bellamy, and, and different guys like that, were at the show. Guys from my area, um, 
And so when they would describe, uh, you know, kind of how the, that venue is, and just like you said, it, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of promotions that run out of it. Uh, at one point, it felt like there was wrestling every weekend. That was the arena <laughs> here in Jeff at one point, you know. Um, oh, no, I, no doubt. Yeah, like literally between IWA, Paradigm, OPW, <laughs> Girl Fight, um, you know, uh, let's see who else was, but Grindhouse, uh, like just there was at least six to seven promotions that was running out of the arena at one point. And, uh, and so when guys from that area were, you know, kind of describing it to us, it was funny because guys who had been down here were able to be like, oh, yeah, it's like the arena of the, of the East Coast, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it is, it's kind of that, that way. And I, I think to myself, that's a good way to make money. If you could get a building that way and just rent it out and have a sort of plug and play wrestling. I mean, that's what struggles was saying on faces and feels with our boy Rafe. I was listening to that show. It was a pre pre-show hype for ETU and Struggs was breaking down. That's a good listen, by the way. I mean, Struggs is breaking down why he selected the talent, you know, his rationale for every single person yeah. that he brought on. So it's really kind of cool. Struggs is so fucking smart, man. It's it's really cool to listen to him talk. He he knows wrestling so well. And uh, I have no doubt at all he's going to knock this out of the park because he knocks everything out of the park that he does when it comes to wrestling. So, for sure. Well, and then you know, not only that, but you see it in the success of the show. Yeah, um, and you know, even watching the show back, like I've watched, I've watched at least three to four of the matches of just you know single matches from this show alone, at least <laughs> like five times. Um. I know I've seen ACH and uh, Jonah uh, <laughs> yeah. partially because, you know, I, I did the, I edited the video that I did that I posted, but like, I've seen that match probably at least like five to 10 times. I've watched Billy and Masha now at least five to 10 times. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, um, like yeah these matches were the, crazy, the man. Ups, um, and, and how they played out and then just how the show looked in general, um, like the production quality of the show, uh, struggles knocked that out of the park, which I mean, that's <laughs> he, he does so much to add to that to ICW, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, so it only makes sense that ETU would have that same production value. So, yeah, uh, I knew to get ready for that be only because he, he was he was hyping that a bit on Rafe's show. He was talking mm -hmm. about how the lighting grid he. He ha he wanted it set up exactly to do just what he did, where he he made sort of the whole building just have a different vibe with yeah. who, you know whoever was coming out and the wrestlers and stuff. It was it was dope, man. It was just yeah, you're right. It was a special show, and mm -hmm. and Sean, I mean, there's no way you'll say this, but I'll say it for you. Uh, to me, man, it was your best. You know, just uh, it was all together. You know, you Iron Man this joint. You know, you were in charge out there, and I think it was your best, man. I really do. You know, I, I, I figure probably for you as it was going on. I wonder, did it feel special? Uh, well, I, you know, I appreciate that a lot, um, just because uh, it did. Um, it, it not only felt special, um, but there was a certain challenge to it. 
um, because I knew every match was going to be a high caliber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then not only that, but when we got into the last half of the show, um, I, like when I when I Iron Man shows, um, to kind of I guess like <laughs> give the listeners kind of like behind you know behind the curtain kind of uh, look uh, when I Iron Man shows. Like I will go to the first half of the show, especially if we have an intermission in between. I'll go to the first half um, throughout the uh, the beginning of the show, like before we even start the show. Um, I'll go to the first half of the show, you know, get everybody's finishes, see what's going on, um, anything crazy I need to know, all that good stuff, um, and then I'll take care of the second half during during the intermission. You know what I mean? And so. So we're rolling. We're going to the show um, at intermission. I'm I'm going to start talking to the the second half of the show, <laughs> and they're all like, "Oh yeah, we got a spot for you. Oh yeah, we got a spot for you here. Oh yeah, we, we got to let you know about this. Oh yeah." And I'm just like, "Oh shoot." <laughs> <laughs> so, because my memory is is not the best, <laughs> um, it's it's pretty well. You know what I'm saying? Um, I can remember <laughs> stuff pretty good for the most part um but when you start throwing a bunch of stuff at me uh it could get a little complicated so um and and, you know of course iron man and like that i'm getting a lot of stuff thrown at me anyway um and so yeah they they started you know this that and the third and and I, i like yes i did feel like it was a very very special show uh and i knew um the uh like i guess the gravity of the show and how special and especially the as it was going on and, and the matches were happening and that first match second match third match like everything just you know kept topping the the, the match before it um but really the the biggest thing that i felt was i felt like it was a a challenge that i had to you know kind of take on and and it was either going to be sink or swim you know what i mean um so and and for you to give me that th- those kind words and, and the, that compliment man it, it really makes me feel uh like I, I succeeded you did man i i truly mean it you know you you st- you always stand out uh in my opinion but but this one you know i could tell i just i always enjoy watching you because your confidence has grown and grown and grown you know ever since i've started really tracking your career in now you know you're just you are the man in charge you know and uh, i think it's pretty special pretty goddamn special because icw and Strugs, you know they they wouldn't they would rather have no one else but you you know and they they don't they don't want to do it with anyone else and that's that's pretty special bro so i'm yeah. i'm proud of you man that's awesome uh, trust me it, it definitely makes me feel special uh just because i, I I, I see, uh, looking from the outside in, uh, the things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I feel like, you know, both those companies that you just mentioned are, are both doing, um, some of the best stuff on the independent level right now. Yeah. So. Oh, agreed. Agreed, man. Yeah. Let, let's, let's jump into this show, man. Cause we, you and I both, we were raving off air. We got, we got a new favorite, man. That Nolo Katano cat, man. That motherfucker is oh, badass. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> dude, everything he does is so smooth. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, well, and we'll go ahead and, and shout out the rest of the guys in this match because everybody in this match, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Uh, are, are guys who, 
either, you know, you got guys like Akira, which, you know, obviously I, I've been exposed to him quite a bit. Um, I know what he's capable of. Um, sure. And, and Akira really showed out in this match, I feel like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and not only that, but he's been doing some really cool things. Uh, you know, me and me and you talked about his match with Gary J. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it, we're working on the KLBK show. Uh, so we're going to have that episode mm. out here soon uh, for those tuning in. Uh, it's another show we're going to hit and review. Um, but that KLBK sold out show, Akira had a banger against Damian Tangra. <laughs> uh, I bet. And so A4, uh, Damian Tangra, WWA4, yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I man. bet that was a good one, man. I can't wait to oh, watch it. So good. So good. Um, so yeah, Akira is really, really hitting his stride. Um, Ken Broadway is a guy who like one of those guys, very similar to how we talked about Brian Keith, that whenever I had uh, whenever I was exposed to to um, uh, to Ken, I pretty much was kind of smacking myself like, where the hell have I been? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like I missed out on this guy. Uh, because, <laughs> yep. Because Ken Broadway is the man. Um, same thing with Nolo. Um, and then also Marcus Mathers. I've been very fortunate to work with Marcus quite a bit. Yep. Uh, and, and I've seen that kid's progression from the first time that I worked, which wasn't very long ago. Um, the first time that I worked with him to where he is now. Oh, oh my God. And he's that still is, climbing, man. Marcus Mathers has a huge ceiling. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he's still getting better and better. So all yep. four of these guys, um, when you put them together, man, it, it really created some really cool magic. Um, but as we were talking about Nolo, um, <laughs> I had first, I first saw Nolo um i want to say it was the uwfi contender series stuff wow cool it was either that or it was the no hook stuff i didn't know he we was were, involved in that that's cool. yeah we were we were taping those uh both of those um at the same time so i can't remember exactly which one it was if it was no hook or contender series uwfi but it, whichever one it was it was a paradigm uh paradigm deal and that was the first time that i saw him and I, I definitely saw the acrobatics and all that stuff, but I felt like this kind of match was where he was really able to shine and show what he he does. And what yeah. he does is very, very smooth work. <laughs> very smooth. And man, he is lightning quick. I mean, I, I don't he threw he threw a spin kick at Mathers and Mathers ducked, man, but I don't know. It was coming it came up hot. I don't know how he got out of the way of that one. And then he hit this spinning dive to the outside. Wow, man. I just the the speed which Nolo comes off at. These mm -hmm. these these high degree of difficulty maneuvers. And then, like you said, he's smooth. You know, yeah. so yeah, I I can't wait or, to see him again. Or, or what about that exchange that he had with, with Ken Broadway? Um, where they were going back and forth and then uh yeah. uh what was it? I think uh, Ken ended up catching him and he did a back or he went to give him a suplex and he ended up doing a backflip off of his chest. Like, right. Crazy exchanges, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, well, it, Broadway, <clears throat> I remember the finish. I think it was he got Nolo German and a yeah. nice, nice bridge into it. Got him. But man, oh, man, a Akira busted out. Akira busted out the snowplow. This was moving so fast. I was trying to, I was trying to take mental note of some of the cool spots, but man, it was moving so fast. I couldn't, couldn't really There's keep up. Yeah, it's it's it it's hard to keep up. 
um, one of those matches that you definitely cannot blink at all. Yeah. Uh, or you'll miss something, but, but yeah. Uh, oh, and then also too, I loved, uh, I loved some of the little in-betweens, some of the little psychology stuff that they would do. Like for instance, you know, everybody wanted to see that, uh, samurai versus samurai matchup. Right. Uh, right. And the first time that they went to tease it, uh, you know, Ken or no, it was it Marcus Mathers ended up tagging Akira to get him out of there. And the whole crowd was like, Oh, so they were anticipating it. So then whenever, whenever, uh, Nolo and Akira finally faced off, that crowd was, you know, shaking the guardrails <laughs> and standing up and was like, let's go. You right. Know? Right. So cool. So really good stuff in this match. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome, man. That's one that I could watch a few times, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely no uh, disrespect to anybody in that match because it was four badass people. But man, Nolo, he just stood out and grabbed right a hold of me, man. So yeah, more to come on Nolo. In fact, I hope we can have him on the show at some point in the future because that dude grabbed my attention. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, and well, then not only that, but uh, <clears throat> of course, completely accidental. But he ended up taking a pretty uh, sick knee to the face. I don't know if you caught that towards no, the end. No, uh, when when Marcus went to hit the uh, the four fifty, uh, he came down a little high, Ooh. and uh, and and a part of his I don't know if it was his actual knee or if it was just his leg came down across his face. He was fine. He was okay. Uh, but he was definitely, you, you could see it in, in certain moments, like after that 450 where he's kind of grabbing his face and I'm checking on him and stuff. So uh, definitely a tough ass dude too. So <laughs> <clears throat> Got to go back and watch that for sure. Then now, yo, this one I knew I couldn't wait to watch because you had told me you even went back and watched it a couple times just because it was so special. But Masha Slamovich and Billy Starks, man. And here comes Masha. I mean, talk about intensity, you know, Masha's got it, right? And she comes out there and I'm like, she's going to fucking kill Billy, right? And Billy brought the intensity right back, though. You know, oh, man. From the jump. Yeah, right from the jump, yo. I mean, it was, it, was, it was a hot match. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And what was really cool, um, I feel like from the beginning, you were talking about the, just uh, from the intros, um, it very much gave me that same uh vibe or feeling do you remember whenever we watched that unsanctioned pro show uh mm-hmm. and billy had came out yeah and it ended up coming out right, right. afterwards. yes and the whole crowd was just kind of like "Ooh, oh mm-hmm. no that's who you drew same type <laughs> you know? thing you're right it, it, it had the same feeling uh kind of with this match uh and commentary commentary did a great job putting it over definitely got a shout out uh both jesse and uh and ron near me righteous jesse and ron near me um they <laughs> yeah they were great the they entire did. night their chemistry back and forth was just incredible um and then of course you know ron being ron and getting to throw in some of those that's another story for another time <laughs> references and like just oh man it was so on point um and they showed me so much love and i was so appreciative of it throughout like just almost every match they would go out of their way to mention something about me and i was they just did like, Yep. Love those guys. Uh mm. that was that was really heartfelt. But um but yeah, commentary did a great job of putting that over as far as like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Ugly. But like you said, 
Billy brought that intensity from the beginning. Uh, it wasn't what thirty seconds into the match, and she hit her with that spin kick and then that, the big knee. No, that was that fucking pump kick first, and the spin that, kick. Right? Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put her, her on the, the outside, the man. Put on the outside, hit the ropes, gave her the baseball slide. Yeah, like <laughs> she brought it. So right away, I went, "Oh, Billy came to play <laughs> yeah. too." Okay, all right. Uh-huh. And then yeah. that exchange on the outside was was crazy man it was crazy because it was almost like masha said oh oh you want to get a little stiff huh billy and came right back at her it was ugly (laughs) dude yeah she gave her that power bomb on the guardrail right on the uh, guardrail and and, you know this was before i even watched it back when we were there at the at the show (laughs) and and we were in the middle of the match and i remember thinking in the back of my head like god damn yeah yeah (laughs) And that's why you see me get out of the ring as quick as I do, because, you know, I I mean, it looked pretty brutal. um, But yeah. And then not only that, but the kick that she brought right afterwards. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That running Olay kick Yakuza to the face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that was that was ugly, man. At at some point, and I'm sure it was early on, but, you know, I didn't notice it till later. But Billy's mouth busted open and. Yeah. Yeah, well, and uh, that ended up happening at uh, some point halfway through the match. I can't remember what exactly what spot. Okay. I remember when it happened, uh, like when we were there, mm-hmm. but I can't remember now at this point. And I, and I couldn't really tell when I was watching it back. Um, you but, know, it yeah, might have so been it, in the ring because Masha, Masha hit that fucking sweet chin music and then snowplow, bam. I, that, that, that one I thought was the finishing sequence and Billy kicked out. Mm-hmm. But that might have been the one, you know, that kick might have made her made her bite her tongue or something, but because uh, she got kicked her in the chops. But that, then it was nuts because you had to be on game because then the near falls were coming like crazy. Yeah. Oh, and, and there was even one where uh, it was so, so close of a kick out that I actually hit three with my hand. Right. Sometimes it's hard to stop, you know what I'm saying, to, sure. to stop your hand um, or, you know, pull your count or whatever. Um, but you know, she certainly definitely, cause I trust me, I'm, I'm that critical of my work to where if something like that happens, I will <laughs> rewind it and replay it 10, 15, 20 times just to be like, all right, cool. Yeah. So it was, it was a valid call. Um, <laughs> but she definitely kicked out before, you know, before I hit three, you can hear me hit three. Um, and, uh, but yeah, some of those were really, really close near falls to where, um, and then the that the sequence I'm talking about in specific, um, there was three back to back to back where uh, I think I can't remember she rolled her up um, and then she hit the ropes, hit that code red, uh, and then right after that she yep. hit her with the with the reverse. I can't remember what exactly it's called, but it's kind of like a reverse pile driver. Yep, I remember like that. Back and then right, right, that was stiff. Yeah, that kind of reverse oh reverse God. tombstone. Yeah, and like, it was like backpack was tombstone back to back, to back yeah. uh three falsies back to back which that that's another thing that i want to bring up about this match that i felt like made it um even more special was the falsies um normally and, and i know you're probably the same way too because you're a very old school kind of guy I, i'm not a big fan of like a ton of falsies in a match um just because i feel like it's very indie wrestling and i feel like you can get a lot more mileage um, if you kind of, 
you know, hone it, I guess, or write it in as far sure. as how many falsies you do. Sure. Um, but I, but with this match, it made perfect sense. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, because every time that either every time Masha kicked out, um, you were like, damn, I thought Billy was literally about to win that. You know what I mean? Like you bit on the falsies and then vice versa. Every time Masha had her, you were like, oh, that's it. She killed her. You know what I'm saying? Uh, whether it be the snowplow like you were talking about, uh, yeah. that that crazy suplex that she does where she picks them up on their back and pretty much just like falls with them. Um, <laughs> uh, and then yeah. uh, uh, the the power bomb that she hit on Billy, like it had to have been it. Yeah. <laughs> Folder to right up, man. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? So like yeah. all the falsies made sense. And, and then the, the sequence, like we were talking about a second ago, where it was, you know, three, four falsies back to back to back to back for Billy. And it was just like, and, and Masha kept kicking out, kept kicking out, kept kicking out. And you were like, oh my God, I just want Billy to put her away. She <laughs> and like, right. And then you're like, surely Billy's not going to win this match. So then once, once the pinfall happens at the end and the results happen the way to which the finish was so great uh, because, you know, Billy was on the cell um, and, and Masha was kind of stalking her and was like, cool, I'm about to put her away with this assault driver. And this is about to be it. So she puts her up on her shoulders and then Billy just almost like a flash KO, but it was a flash pin out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. It got that victory roll. Um, and, uh, the, the crowd, the, the reaction was probably one of my favorite reactions from that night because the pop, um, it was one of those where, uh, it, it was so loud that you almost couldn't hear it, if that makes sense. You know what mm. I mean? Because um, that that happens. Like you'll just have that much um, adrenaline that, like, <laughs> you'll hear the crowd, but it's very muffled. You know what I mean? Like, and it was one of those where it was just such a loud reaction. So cool. This is one of my favorite matches of the year for sure. Oh yeah, and Jesse said that too. He said. Second match on the show, and we got a bona fide match of the year candidate right here. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yep, he did, man. Yep. Yo, I know that I've, I love the week and roll, Ricky. You know, I mean, I, I love Ricky Shane Page ever since he really kind of busted on the scene up here in CZW with Danny Havoc. But that was the first time I got a taste of like that week and roll, Ricky. And I just thought, man, he's got such charisma and, he can go, you know, but then, you know, the 440 definitely has brought out a different side in him, and he's been at that for so long, so I wonder if, I, I, I mean, it wasn't so much a wonder to me, but I wonder if even he wondered how the fans would take to him coming out there with the weak and roll, you know, and didn't take long to find out. Fans were into it. Dude, what a reaction that that yeah. got. Yeah. Uh, and that was really cool. Uh, a little bit of uh, behind uh, behind the curtain um, for this one. Uh, apparently, and we'll have to have struggles back on to confirm, but from what I was told, uh, that call was made by his wife. Oh, wow. <laughs> she had never saw um, Babyface We Can Roll Ricky. Oh, wow. She only saw him on like videos and, you know, of course, watching him back and different stuff like that. Um, you know, like you said, we had been exposed to that Ricky a long time. That was the, that was the Ricky that I met. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, when people were calling him Deathmatch Bailey. 
<laughs> mm-hmm, right, right. Uh, and so, you know, and he was he was the white meat baby face of deathmatch wrestling. Um, and so to see what Ricky has done, um, like you said, with 440 um, and created this like NWO of the Indies, you know what I mean? Or like a Degeneration X of the Indies. Um, and, and just this faction that um, anytime that they go anywhere, you like, dude, people from Ohio that's not in 440 still get associated <laughs> and still get fuck Ohio chance. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Like a Jake Chris, you yep. know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Jake and, uh, will call that out too. Like, nah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's wrong, yeah. wrong chant for me. Right, right. He'd be like, yeah, that's somebody else's shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, what, what he has done with that and became one of the top heels on the, I mean, yeah, one of the top heels in, in the industry, um, you know, and, and not only that, but uh, even before he was doing that, Ricky was already making waves. Like, um, I remember, dude, it was so cool whenever uh, me being the, the podcast, you know, junkie that I am. And Ricky Shane Page was on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. Hmm. And I'm just like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, that's insane to me. Um, so, yeah, Ricky, you know, has been doing stuff. But, like, this 440 has literally, like, elevated his career to a whole nother, like, stratosphere. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it really um, has. And, and then not only that, but I feel like he's at a point in his career now to where, like, it, it, with the with the we can roll Ricky and like babyface Ricky, it's kind of like one of those if you know you know. So it's almost kind of like an um, uh, somewhat kind of like an inside joke or like an inside uh, inside uh, you know inside the <laughs> I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It's like an inside insider term or insider thing where if if we can roll Ricky comes out and you have enough people in a crowd like in this Ridgefield Park you know, this ETU show, then that's exactly what's going to happen. Hmm. Um, especially if uh, they've been yearning for that Ricky for so long. Right. Uh, and and if uh, for any listeners who are tuning in or who aren't aware of what happened, the crowd ended up very similar to like a Chris Jericho and how they do with Judas or, you know, stuff like that. They were singing, we can roll, uh, you know, at, long after they had turned it off of the, <laughs> you know, as they were doing the entrance. Um, if you go to Ricky Shane Page's social media, he actually posted a really cool video of it. Um, and uh, and Bad Rabbits, the, the band who sings that song, actually ended up sharing it and everything. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, but <laughs> that is, cool. yeah, like, dude, I, like I had no clue that was going to happen. Um, and so standing in the ring, like I almost wanted to start dancing with Carlos Romo hmm. yeah. <laughs> because just like when, when I first started working with Ricky, um, I had no clue what that song was at all, but I loved it instantly. And I put it on my Spotify, uh, YouTube, you know, yeah. like the video all that. Me and too. I listen to it quite often. Um, and so. I had became a fan of that song. And then also there's a couple of bad rabbit songs that will pop up on my stuff from time to time, just, you know, off of that song. Um, and so just, it was really cool um, being a part of that moment. Yeah. I checked them. I checked out bad rabbits just because of that. I didn't mm-hmm. even know who they were. 
Same. Yeah, I've I've gotten a few of their albums. I've downloaded on Apple Music and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. That's really cool. I I I imagine that was a badass moment. What what did you know about Carlos Romo coming in? I really didn't know anything about him, but man, look into his pedigree. He's talk about a world traveled guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Same. I didn't know much about Carlos, um, but. I was fortunate to be able to work with him um, back in uh, what oh, was you like were? 2019. He was at uh, he was at Black Label Pro wow. for the Turbo Grab show. Wow! Uh, I, was it the first Turbo Graps I think that he was on? Um, and there was actually some really crazy matches that was on there. Um, I remember uh, one of them was like Jake something and Nick Gage. Um, wow! I remember. Uh, Orange Cassidy ended up uh, winning the IWTV belt off of Eric Stevens. Um, he was actually like a surprise. Uh, and this was before AEW and all that was really rolling. But um, but he was a surprise uh, entry for the Turbo Graps tournament. Um, and yeah, he his first round was against Eric Stevens and ended up taking the belt off of him. Um, but yeah, man... Uh, where I was, I was aware of Carlos Ramos, but like you said, I, I didn't really know much about him. Um, other than I was able to work with him at Black Label. Obviously, I knew he was world traveled. I knew he wasn't from here, <laughs> uh, and uh, and so whenever he was announced for this show, uh, I was just like, "That's a cool get," <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, and then not only that, but I think it's really cool. Um, and, and I was glad that Jesse, you know, was knowledgeable enough to be able to put this over, um, that Carlos and Ricky actually met and touched over in, uh, over in, in Europe, uh, over in England, Wow, uh, was where they had actually met. So they had experience with each other and they had actually became friends over there hmm. to where like, they really wanted this match, uh, you know, anywhere else that it could have happened. But of course if it could have happened in on us soil that's really cool too um but yeah man uh that was another really cool added factor to this match that i i thought was really special totally cool man yeah the the size advantage was tremendous though as as it is a lot with ricky because he's he's a bigger than average kind of cat you know absolutely yeah but it was awesome because he would romo was certainly in there with him but ricky would just kind of get pissed and Yeet, yeet Romo halfway across the ring. You know, like, I love that vertical he does where he picks him up and just yeet halfway across the fucking ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, man. It, it's almost kind of like, uh, uh, what's that? What What's the move that they, it's called like an orange crush or whatever, where they kind of flip him midair, but they, he throws them from corner to corner. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, like, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but, yeah, you, you talk about that size difference. Um, and you know, yeah, most of the time, Ricky, he, he definitely, uh, is a lot bigger than most of his opponents that he's in the ring with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Did you ever, did you ever get the chance to see, I believe it was a tag match that was on AW dark where Ricky faced off against the big show. No. Wow. Oh man. Boy, did the big show make him look tiny. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was that was pretty crazy to see, especially because I've I've stood next to Ricky before, you know, <laughs> so I know yeah. Ricky 
<laughs> yeah, Ricky don't look tiny too often. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen him look yeah. tiny. And the big show definitely towered over Ricky, which was pretty weird. Wow. But that's man. that's a whole other side note. <laughs> Did you catch that that moonsault Romo hit towards the end? It was beautiful. I mean, the execution oh, on the moonsault was perfect, and the cover was perfect too because he kind of leaned back and laid all his weight on him. You know, I, man, it was tough for Ricky to get out, but that sort of was the the catalyst for the finish because Ricky, I think it was like a choke slam where when I, when Romo was on the way down, Ricky just kicked him in the fucking back. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and that's somewhat of a, a, a Ricky signature. Um, right, right. Well, not just Ricky, but, you know, since getting to know Vince nothing uh, and, and, and being um, smartened up, I guess you could say, to um, the team that is faith in nothing, it's really kind of a faith in nothing thing because they used to, uh, if you ever go back and, and check out any of their old matches from back in the day, they would do double team moves where, you know, Ricky would toss somebody up in the air while Vince was kicking them on the way down. Wow. Uh, and so, or they would do double team stuff like that where they would throw them up and both kick them on the way down. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely became a Ricky signature. I feel like just because, you know, Ricky's been around and not as many people are, are that aware of Vince nothing in 2021, 2022, which is unfortunate, but I feel like they will eventually. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, that because I know Ricky did uh, not just the finish where he picked him up in a choke slam and kicked him on the way down, but there was another where I think didn't he give him like a, a what was it like an orange crush where he kicked him on the way down? Maybe it was just mm. a regular suplex where he kicked him on the way down. Mm. Um, he did that a couple times throughout the match with, with Carlos. Um, but yeah, man, that stuff looks brutal. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a dope match, and yo. Um, I, you got to check this out, Carlos. I was looking up Carlos Romo on Cage Match. Check out the matches that he's had since the one you refed. He had Huckabee, Brian Keith, Leo Rush, Makabe. I mean, in all different places. I mean, Washington, Illinois. <laughs> he was even in my hometown, Buffalo. Wow. But he's all over the place. And before that, you know, he, of course, you know, he was London and Spain and I, all over the place. You know, I just remember seeing multiple countries, countries that I didn't even really know what they were. <laughs> he's been well, everywhere. So uh, I don't know how long uh, his stay over here was for um, as far as like, you know, him coming over and doing the ETU stuff. I know he was staying with somebody obviously um here in the states mm -hmm. for uh, an extended period of time but yeah. that's one of the cool things uh right now about professional wrestling especially on the indie level th is that there's so much dopeness going on right now and there's so many really good people out here that whenever you do like if if you're an international talent and you do one of those you know international excursion type deals you're going to get work with some really, really good people. I mean, look at Minoru Suzuki. If I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen one, any of those lists that's been floating around where they were talking about, you know, Minoru Suzuki in 2021 had matches with all of these people while he was over in America. And the list is crazy, dude. 
Like, I'm not surprised because every promotion was snatching him up and just putting him in their in their best match, you know. Right, exactly yeah. with their best guy. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you had matches with, of course, Davy Richards and Calvin Tankman. Uh, you know, he had matches against Josh Alexander, um, Dom Garini. Dom, even, yeah, yeah, who was retired. <laughs> yep, for that match, like yep. Uh, so. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else up the top of my head, but um, just so many different matches. So I'm sure Carlos probably set himself up very similarly because, I mean, you you talk about some of those names and it's some of the hottest guys on the indies right now. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. And, you know, just like that, like you said, that's a really cool get Carlos Romo. Well, it's because, you know, Strug's, is at the wheel of this thing and you know when when he's pulling people i mean man, he has such such a strong like rationale for every every move he makes and it's yeah. really he really interesting man he's very he's very cerebral about this and i've oh yeah i have a world of respect for him i just i think he's great pulse. you know what i mean literally yeah. got pulse yes uh and not only that but He's also in the know and is very communicative and is very good about just hitting somebody up and seeing what they're doing or what what's what they got going on. Right. Uh, you know, because um, to to mention it again, um, definitely go back and listen to that Faces and Feel episode with struggles on it. Um, but he talks about, I think he even talks about how he got Carlos and how it just so happened that he was you know uh, planning on coming to stay. Uh, with yeah, I can't remember who it was exactly who he was talking about who he was staying with, but struggles just ended up getting that information and was like, oh yeah, I'd like to use him, <laughs> you know, um, or even how he got Jonah is a really cool story, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. it just just happened to be Jonah was a fan of of his graphic design work and would buy every T-shirt that struggles would come out with, <laughs> wow, uh, and that's literally how it led to, to Jonah's first. Um, independent booking being with ETU, which is crazy in itself, you know. So awesome, so yeah. awesome, dude. Yeah, but yeah, man, Ezra, like what, like, like you were saying, um, struggles is just in the know, man. He, he knows what's going on, um, and uh, and he he knows the moves to make, you know, and, and he definitely yep. made it. Yep, hell yeah, dude. I I was so excited going into this because I had been telling you about Joker. And here was it going to be your chance to ref a Joker match, dude, man. Tell us, tell me what you thought of Joker, man. Is that motherfucker badass or what? So yeah, like you had said, man. <laughs> uh, I remember you mentioning talking about either wanting to bring Joker on or you know whatever. And this is before he was. I don't even know if he was thinking about coming back to wrestling or who knows, like where right. his head was at. Because I feel like this was. At this point, I feel like it had to have been a, it had to been close to a year ago. We were talking about when <laughs> to talk to Joker. You were talking about when to talk to Joker. Yeah, uh, and so, and and like you said, you had mentioned him plenty of times to me. Um, I had seen some of his old stuff because I had, I, you know, we, I've talked about it on here before. I, how I had to go back and get myself caught up on, um, you know, older independent. Um, history and stuff whether it be old iwa old czw stuff like that sure so very aware of uh joker and and that 
um, generation, I guess you could say. Um, but man, is he not a just a figure, dude? <laughs> he uh, is probably probably has some of my favorite like uh, face paint because I'm a big huge guy for face paint. Oh yeah, uh, his paint's uh, awesome, paint. dude in the in the industry dude like his yeah. face paint is so cool yeah uh, so intricate how like just the stuff that he does to the the details in the paint um hmm. but uh and then also to like i don't know how old the guy is but he still looks like an animal still looks like he can go out there <laughs> and murder somebody um and uh <laughs> yeah so yeah and he, was, and he probably could man he was on my uh he was on my man j cat show he was a kick radio a while back and he was talking about because in in his personal life he's uh his shoot job is he's a corrections officer mm-hmm. and so he was saying i i think jay asked him the question you know what would you do if some people ever got wild up in there or something and he said yeah i'll probably kill him i'll kill him with my bare hands if i have to <laughs> they, he's a fucking animal bro yeah i can see it uh he's a beast and yeah i mean you can see it just by looking at the dude like his yeah. trap his shoulders oh man yeah i want to say i want to say ron even had put that over on commentary talking about how he barely has a neck <laughs> just because of all muscle yeah. um so yeah. but uh, but yeah dude um but uh, it, like you were the, going back to the original question um I was really hyped to work with Joker just off of how hyped you were that he was making his return to wrestling. Sure. Uh, and that was, that was cool in itself. Yeah, man. I, I was really excited thinking about you being in there with him. And it was kind of cool. Cause you were telling me how you got to talk to him a little bit after he really like, is a cool cat, man. Yeah. He's, he's a really good dude. Yeah. yeah. And, really. and, and speaking of the vets, cause we, we have mad love for the vets, man. And Joker is, Joker's a real one too. You know, he's yeah. definitely one that I would love to get on when we do our show next Veterans Day. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That Have would be Joker awesome. on there because Joker's got some some major stories. You know, he went through yeah. a lot, but just like Max, you know, he's one of those one of those real life heroes. Yeah, you know, no, no question. But you know, Danny Demonto. He's got he's got a set of nuts, man. Because, and I even I tweeted this at one point. I, you know, Danny chooses to come to the CTU and bang. And who does he pick to bang with? Joker. <laughs> What's mm. wrong with Danny? Right. He, he's a brave cat. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of had that same uh, thing <laughs> at different points throughout throughout the match, but then also too when I go to watch it back. Um, you know, I definitely had those same feelings uh, because I feel like <laughs> I feel like Danny was almost kind of trying to like uh, almost egg him on. You know, yeah, he was <laughs> like he was. Like, I want to bring out that that beast, that Cambodian axe murderer. Uh, <laughs> you got it. Literally beat the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, and, and at certain points, it felt like that. But, you know, I feel like Danny was Danny was the um instigator <laughs> danny brought it you know yeah danny doesn't lack for for bravery man he, he and danny's tough i mean yo those slaps and headbutts and stuff they were doing on the outside oh at the bar fight <laughs> it was stiff yeah. at the bar fight yeah oh my god oh man <laughs> dude well and standing right there you can hear me uh on the camera but <laughs> right there and hearing the thud 
huh. that is one thing that I will say. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly if it was just, you know, the, the venue, the sound in there, what exactly. Um, but I feel like the camera didn't really do, uh, or, well, I guess the, the playback didn't really do the sounds of certain things justice. Yeah, <laughs> probably true. Because uh, some of the true. chops were definitely louder, I feel like, uh, in person than they were uh, watching it back um, and different stuff. But the the headbutts, oh, man, especially those headbutts where they were sitting down uh, on the outside in the crowd. That's the ones I mean, man. And then you could tell the by the... One. Danny's oh. reaction on the one, you could tell that shit really hurt. It was a clunk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was loud, man. It, it was loud. And then not only that, but uh, Joker brought it right back right afterwards. And then, like you said, they they gave Danny gave him the, the two piece slap. Uh, and then <laughs> Joker just gave him one good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really cool exchanges. My One of my yeah. favorite moments of this match, though. Um, was the uh, no selling the um, the the door shots? <laughs> and uh, he hit him. He hit him with so many of those man. He was dude. just fucking annihilating that door on Joker's head. And, and Joker's just sitting there cussing him out the entire time. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. You know, you got to get. I got to give Danny love for for the balls, man. Because I wouldn't have the balls to egg on Joker like that. Uh -huh. He he, I, you know, I would be standing toe to toe with Joker, one look in that face, and I'd say, "Okay, that's enough. <laughs> you win." Yeah, especially because you know, because we're we're talking about those door shots. Uh, that first door shot he gave him. Well, hold on. Let me let me say first the way Danny the way Danny went into it, and he had that door set up in the corner, and he just broke it with his hands. He just literally gave it like uh what, what's that move that the, the polish hammer yeah um, right he literally polish hammer the door right <laughs> and jesse on commentary goes what <laughs> <laughs> and then he grabs it uh goes over to joker and gloms him over the head with it and the door practically exploded <laughs> like it, it just well I, no, I don't think it did off the first hit uh, but it definitely cracked pretty good. Um, it, it left a hole in the door um, with, with Joker's head. So that first hit, he brought it. Um, and then, you know, Joker was like, come on, give me some more. And so he gave him another one, uh, which was, you know, just as devastating as the first one. Um, and then that was when Joker was sitting there cussing him out and was like, come on, you know, MF, you better hit me, you know, going off, uh, all kind of stuff like that. And then Danny took the door and baseball swung it at the side of his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Such a yeah. crazy moment. It, it, it was very reminiscent of, cause this is a recent match. It's on my mind. Cause we reviewed it not long ago. Um, the moment where Gary is uh, just murdering um, Akira's chest. Uh, and, and Akira is like, you know, fuck you, Gary, you know, the whole time it, it was very reminiscent of that. Very similar uh, moment. Yeah. yeah it, felt very very similar to that uh so but yeah man really cool stuff dude uh, and and we cannot uh we cannot move any further past this match without talking about uh those kicks to the face <laughs> joker oh my oh God. yeah dude i remember one of those um <laughs> i remember i, I want to say it was the one where he quieted down the crowd and danny ended up uh 
he, he looked at me and he, uh, it was while he was selling and I went over to check on him. He goes, this son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, that was, that was a really fun match. Both those guys, man, they, it was like, they, they had a lot of built up, uh, aggression, maybe not necessarily towards each other, but they just had a lot to prove, um, that, you know, they weren't just the, the old vets on the card you know, they were going to go out there and, and, you know, kill it just as much as the rest of every, anybody else in the show was. Yeah. And they've been in, you know, countless locker rooms together and stuff. And in fact, you know, Danny, that was the match, um, that Scott Summers, it was Scott Summers and Joker and Danny's in the first tournament of survival. And that was when Summers really got hurt. You know, he shattered his fucking ankle, and that was kind of, you didn't see him for a minute, you uh, know? So, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, and that kind of started the, the downhill slide. And then I was at a show, geez, where was it? I think it was in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Joker against Matt Tremont, where just a freak match, Joker went down, blew his, uh, I forget, I don't, I don't remember what it was he blew, his knee, blew his knee out or his ankle or what. But just freak, not even a move. Just yeah. whipped him in the whipped him in the ropes, came off, bam, down he went. And Joker's been pretty on and off since too. So, yeah. uh, but you know, I I never know if it's. I would love to say, I, man, I I want Joker full time back, you know. But he's just his personal life is so busy, and he's he's a laser focus on being a good dad. Uh, which he's he's the best, you know, at that and his job and taking care of things, you know. So he he really, I think, unless wrestling came at him with some big lucrative thing, you know, I don't know that he would want to devote much time to it anymore, you know, because he's got to he's got to handle his biz. But if any if somebody was smart, they would, <laughs> you know, they would they would give him whatever he needed to get him back in that fold, man. Because I I'd love to see more Joker. Right. Not well. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, he will be uh, making some appearances um, at a place that his opponent on this show happens to run. Um, because that would be pretty cool to see him in the pit or the chains. So, oh hell yeah, dude. Uh, so, but. <laughs> But like you said, man, um, you know, wrestling, <laughs> wrestling is a lot and it can be a lot um, and it can take a lot out of your personal life. So I completely get it. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to you got to be either all or nothing uh, kind of when it comes to wrestling. Right. Um, but at the same time, um, there is enough going on that I feel like if he wanted to kind of dip and dabble in and out, he could right now. Sure. Uh, so I would love to see it, man. I would love to be able to work more with Joker because um, I, I, I really like guys who to, to kind of, I mean, because, you know, we've been going behind, we go behind the curtain a lot on the show anyway, but um, I really like guys who will, um, I guess, what's the word, kind of um, somewhat uh, get aggressive with me in the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the guys yeah. who will try and intimidate me in certain things. Um, and from the jump, um, the story of this match, um, uh, was they were, you know, having a regular, regular wrestling match. 
Um, one went into the corner and just the look, <laughs> the, that, that look that, that Joker gave me in the first few seconds of that match, whenever I was telling him to get out of the corner, uh, was like, Hey, Hey man, I'm the ref, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm. it's, it's so intense. Um, but oh, man, uh, he's intense. He's like a capital I all caps intense man i mean i just i i can't even imagine have you standing in there getting glared at from joker oh and with the makeup <laughs> yeah right oh, man, exactly dude. yeah uh and so uh he looks like he's coming straight out of hell to fucking massacre somebody yeah well <laughs> as i but yeah like i was for dude exactly but like i was saying <laughs> i love i love dudes who will kind of mess with me in the ring like that um or or, or ladies because uh to to kind of go back real quick during masha and billy mm -hmm. there was actually a part where um you can't really see it on camera um because it's really quick the way it happens but um i'm going to get uh i'm trying to get masha out of the corner so billy can get out of the corner um and as she's walking up on her i'm like hey come on back it up she's in the corner and masha smacks me <laughs> on my arm and ended up leaving <laughs> on my arm that was on, my, on the rest of the show. It was, it was, you know, kind of a small handprint, but, but I was just like, damn girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I've talked about it with you before with, with people like Ludark, um, or, you know, Maria Manic. um, she smacked me in the face one time. And we were, <laughs> right. We were waiting, you know, in the locker room and she was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was just in the moment. I was feeling it. Yeah. I was like, nah, that was cool as hell. It was, you, it made sense. Like it's you told that story to somebody. Who'd you tell that story? Mitch Vallon. I think we were talking to Mitch and somehow <laughs> yeah. that came up. Yeah. 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 We, I think we were talking about Maria just yeah. in general. Um, but, uh, or even like some of my best friends in the business, uh, mentor, my, you know, big brother, Isaiah, that was how we got close was because, you know, um, his in-ring character and I mean, really Isaiah in real life um, is very much uh, anti-authority. And so, you know, whenever I'm trying to tell him what to do in the ring, he's like, you know, get off me. You ain't going to tell me what to do. And like trying to get buck with me and stuff like that. He's been doing that since day one. since the first time I worked with him. And I was like, yes, like it, it gives me something to feed off of, you know what I mean? Very similar to how, you know, wrestlers and myself really will talk about how we feed off of the energy of the crowd. Um, it's fun when we're able to kind of ad lib and, and feed off of each other in the ring, you know? So got working with guys like Joker, man, I would love to work with them more. That's dope, man. Just to, for one second, because you mentioned him, I got to put it out in the universe, man. I want to have Isaiah on this show, man. I, I've been a big fan of Isaiah for a long time, man. He's a legend to me, man. I, you know, having Isaiah on would be would be special, man. So one day we're gonna do that. We're gonna have Isaiah on here. Oh yeah, sure. we will absolutely. Yeah, we could definitely make that happen. Uh, like I said, that that's Big Brother. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of my mentors. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Old, very close to my heart. So that's uh, awesome. We definitely have to make that happen because that could end up being like a four hour episode. <laughs> oh God, sure could, man. So. Sure could, you know. It, well, just to close the loop on that match, so Danny got the upset, which you know I consider it that. You know what I mean? It's like Danny was certainly, no doubt, he already sold to me that not that he had to prove it to me, but how tough he was just for taking on the assignment. <laughs> Let's go, Joker. You know that, but then he beats him. 
So, yeah, <laughs> pretty big, pretty big upset there, I think. But yeah, he got him. And dude, this six man was really well done. I th- I thought uh, first you had, and I, I bet these were a lot of guys you were working with for your first time because a lot of the people in this match here were just are just you know east coast cats you know you got prince nana asriel papadon ggp and mike verna the embassy right so i i'm guessing that well i don't know did you work with asriel when he came in for yes. icw that's what you did okay well i uh i i can't remember did i ref him uh see i'm not i think 100%. you might have man they all start to run together but i know <laughs> right I know that on that particular um, ICW show that I, Azrael was on. Was that the fourth? I think there the, was the, the fourth what? one. Yeah, it was. It was a 4th yeah. of July show. The, well, and, and I had another ref. It was me and Chris on those shows. So, okay. So it could have been him. Um, but um, I definitely remember remember Azrael being on the show because, yeah, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I don't think that I ref that match because I, I feel like I'm getting a visual in my head of me standing and actually watching that. Oh, okay. Okay. And just being like, dude, like the, he took so much punishment from Gary and that <laughs> Matt. Gary, but, Gary lit up his chest, but he still kept fire and never died. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and oh, yeah. so that, that was a lot of fun to watch, but, uh, but yeah, I had met Azrael on that show. Okay. Uh, on that weekend. Uh, and really cool dude was glad to see him on this, uh, with the embassy, but like you were saying, the, the rest of the guys that was pretty much in this, um, you know, minus Shane Douglas, I, re- I had never really, well, and I, I hadn't worked with Shane Douglas either before, but, yeah. uh, but you know, the rest of the guys, like you said, all East coast guys. So I really wasn't even familiar with them. I had heard of Prince Nana, mm-hmm. um, going back and doing, you know, old research and stuff like old CZW and stuff like that, um, old ring of honor and stuff, but wasn't really, uh, too well versed and, and even, uh, what he, you know, was all about. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely my first experience with, uh, pretty much all these guys, except for, of course, Azrael, like we were talking about. Um, but, uh, but yo, man, that, what was really cool about it to, go on a little side tangent really fast um even though i wasn't aware of who these people were um and and all that good stuff and that's not to take away from any of their talent because if you watch this match the match was really really good um and a lot of tag team shenanigans <laughs> we'll just put it that way um but what was really cool was not uh, a week removed from this show um prince nana i think it was prince nana and verna both were on AEW Dark. Yeah, and I almost I think I saw when I was looking around, Jaden Vallow was in was on yep. AEW Dark yep. too. Jaden, Jade, you're right. Yep, Jaden yeah. Vallow also was too, man. Yeah, too cool, dude. Like that's wild. Uh, you know, even like but like I was saying, I may not have been aware of these guys, but obviously, you know, <laughs> because this is a business of relationships, you know, exactly. you gotta know exactly. people to get places and stuff and and obviously they know the some of the right people that are able to get them opportunities to get them on aew like yo that's ins- and and not only that but guys like prince nana they don't bring managers on like that you know what i mean 
Um, and the fact that they brought Prince Nana on, uh, obviously they, they know what he's capable of. Uh, and, and they were willing to give him a shot to put him on TV. You Hell know? yeah. Hell yeah. So, Nana's uh, good, man. He, he's, he's good. He's good in the mic. Oh, he's good. He, he comes he's out and goes right for that crowd, man, too. Yeah, dude, he literally had that crowd by by the balls. Yeah, you know? yeah, he did. And whenever he came out at the beginning of this to issue an open challenge, um, you know, getting in there. And, of course, uh, you're going to get uh, great heel reaction anytime that you pick on Larry, <coughs> uh, Larry Legend, <laughs> right. uh, which, yo, right. shout out to Larry Legend. Definitely got to show him some love. Um, you know, oh. anytime I'm on a show with that guy. <laughs> Uh, it, it makes it feel that much more special. Yep. Um, because Larry is the best, hands he, down. He uh, he he ups the importance of any show he's on. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Larry's amazing. At, but like, I can feel it. Uh, like how um, how much he adds to a show. Yeah. Uh, as far as just you know his everything that he does, but not only that. Um, and I, I feel like I've mentioned it on the show before, but. You know, me being as big of a fan as I was of Larry before, um, I was able to start working with him more regularly and stuff because uh, I started watching uh, CZW kind of late, um, and then of course went back and, and got caught up on on my uh, history or whatever. But when I started watching CZW 2017, 18 ish, um, Larry was of course still there, um, and then also too early GCW, he was doing it, and so like. Just anytime that I would watch a show and Larry was on it, he just added that much more to where when I my first opportunity to work with Larry Legend. And it's funny because this recently popped up on my Facebook memories. So uh, it's kind of fresh on my mind. But the first time that I met Larry was at um, the Black Craft shows in Buffalo, actually, um, that they did at the Tis the Season or Tid the Season. Um, and so... But being on those shows, Larry walks in and, you know, me being just a fan of professional wrestling, especially independent professional wrestling, I was just like, oh, wow, Larry Legend's here. <laughs> this is kind of a big deal, you know? What <laughs> I mean? <laughs> uh, and so, and I, I love, 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 because Larry is, is he, he, um, he tries to be somewhat humble for the most part, you know what I'm saying? But he also, he knows his value. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's capable of and at the very beginning when he uh he, the crowd pretty much like kind of you know egged it <laughs> yeah, egged it on by chanting larry legend but when they were chanting for larry and he said uh you know something about there's no doubt you're effing with the best uh hmm. like i remember standing behind the curtain and I was just like, oh, come on, Larry. <laughs> you know, yep. <laughs> like it, it just made you even more hyped, even more pumped up. And then, you know, watching him back, uh, you get that same feeling, I feel like. But <laughs> that was a whole side tangent about Larry. Um, but uh, uh, crap, what were we even talking about to even lead to that? <laughs> See, I done lost my train of thought. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, we were, we were just talking about the AEW dark cats and uh, the, the appearances on there and how, and then we were talking about how Nana oh, yeah, yeah. We were came talking on about took how, over how, how Nana, how Nana was picking on Larry. Um, right. Right. And got that instant heat from that, um, you know, telling Larry to get out of the ring, get out of the ring. Uh, we're done with you. We don't, <laughs> we don't need to hear any more from you, Larry. That, which I, I love when a heel is able to go off the cuff 
and is able to, as long as, of course, it's not too extreme and they don't go, you know, too far with it. But whenever Mm -hmm. they're able to point out in the crowd and be like, hey, you, I'll meet you in my hotel room later or you fat pig or, you you know what I mean? (laughs) Right. I love, love, love heels that are able to um, uh, use those, you know, kind of skills and and just ad lib off the cuff. It was almost, it became hard at some point. By the way, it was, it was the embassy against Juba, Shane Douglas, and Jaden Vallow. It almost became hard to buy Juba and Jaden Vallow and Shane, that, that threesome, because the embassy were so good. I uh, mean, the, right. the, they were so well-oiled, man. I mean, they were working it just like a classic six-man tag, you know, in and outs and and working body parts and it was smooth it, it was slick man they they were the embassy they they really impressed me oh yeah they looked like a unit for yeah. sure absolutely but um on the other side of the coin um i really liked the uh the combination like because uh, it, it it very much felt like um there was it, it very much felt like three singles wrestlers that was thrown together in a three uh, in a three man tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, um, each of them added something to, um, to the, the, the trio, you know what I mean? If that makes sense, right. uh, you know, Juba is a giant um, and he did all the big man stuff in this match. Uh, Jaden is very, very quick and yeah. very athletic, man. And, and so the stuff that he was doing in this match, um, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, uh, forward front handsprings and stuff like that, that he was doing, um, just really, really cool looking stuff. Um, and then of course you got Shane Douglas, um, just adding that veteran savvy. Um, and then of course he came in and, and, you know, added just as much to it. Uh, and not only that, but uh, Shane, Shane is kind of deceptively big, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, cause I felt like he was just uh, not not that much smaller than than juba you know so wow uh, yeah so um but yeah man i feel like even though it very much felt like um singles guys that was kind of thrown together into a group um it definitely uh I, i i still feel like they all all added their own um something to it um whereas like we were saying uh you had the embassy who looked like a unit you know what i'm saying you could tell that they had all um done this together before you know um exactly and, and also on a quick side tangent i have to be a mark for a second and say that i cannot believe that i refereed a match with shane douglas <laughs> <laughs> right my, my lifetime <laughs> like, i can't believe that i was able to make that happen uh and it's really really cool uh shane douglas couldn't have been cooler man uh such an mm-hmm. awesome guy um and uh you know, and apparently, um, from what they were saying at the end end of everything, and after the match was over with, of course, uh, the embassy ended up picking up the W mm-hmm. um, uh, with you know kind of dirty tactics somewhat um, because I was distracted with Shane while the embassy was doing some three way stuff, which it ended up kind of you know how indie wrestling does ended up getting a little chaotic anyway. Um, I couldn't really keep track of what was going on. And, um, and behind my back, the embassy was doing some dirty things. Ended up, uh, the embassy got the W, um, jumped the babyface team afterwards, uh, and, uh, 
here comes Danny DeMonto with a chair. Um, and then uh, Danny and Shane have a moment where Danny lets him know, hey, you were my favorite wrestler growing up. You're the reason why I do what I do to where Shane snatches the mic out of his hand. And he was like, you know, it's it's Christmas. It's the season of giving. Uh, and uh, and Danny, <laughs> I'm going to give you something. I want you in the chains. <laughs> so... Yeah. So it uh, looks like I'm going to get to work with Shane Douglas again soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, man. Yeah, it's I crazy. thought it was so cool so how crazy. Danny said Danny said to Shane, I discovered you at, at 2 a.m. or whatever, and here you come on the TV set. And I thought it was so cool that he told that story because that happened to me. Of course, I mean, I, I knew Shane my whole life. I mean, in the early 90s, WWF and then of course into the tag team with Ricky Steamboat and WCW and I I love Shane Douglas but yeah it was 1996 I discovered ECW turned on the TV there's Shane Douglas and Francine telling me about how he's and he's wrapping a fucking chain around his fist and he's telling Tommy Dreamer that he's going to take him out and just the the whole I, I can still picture you know, I, every everything about that moment when I saw it, it was like a mesmerizing moment because at that time in the business, I mean, Vince had killed. If you were a wrestling fan, you know, and you were a fan from the 80s like me, I, well, you're getting up into that college age. You don't want you don't want kid friendly, family friendly wrestling anymore. You know, you want hot chicks and, you know, more adult themed type stuff and. Right. There it was, you know, Paulie Paulie had his finger on that pulse and he knew, but he also knew that he knew Shane from back in WCW and I don't know, it was just that that was amazing foresight to see that Shane would be the guy, you know, to lead lead that ECW and he really was. I mean, man, a lot of years I'm like you were saying, you know, uh Shane is a hell of a lot smarter than he used to be cuz man, he was muscular back in the day but he can still go though too yeah man oh absolutely yeah it, dude his uh his his punches i'm working punches boy <laughs> yeah jab, they, yeah he they, was they, throwing those out those jabs yeah yeah those jabs were great looking man <laughs> they uh were. yeah yeah he, he definitely could still go uh hit a killer you know hit that killer russian leg sweep um you That's know what i was just gonna say i noticed that one too i thought that was perfect you know, and I'm like, whoa, there goes the old boy. He's still bumping and everything. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly, man. So, yeah, who knows? I, I, de- I, I'm i definitely curious to be able to work with him again. Because uh, so, I, I loved working with him. He, he's super smart dude. Um, you know, uh, just some of the, the conversation that we had, like, before and after the match um, was really cool stuff, man. I, I, I like Shane Douglas a lot. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's really cool, uh, when you are able to, um, because you know, that that's part of the dream, you know what I mean? It is, is working with guys that you watched on TV, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, you know, of course, like, uh, I guess 50% of the dream is making this, uh, dream job, the day job, you know what I'm saying? Um, and doing this full time. Uh, but then the other half is, is working with guys that you idolize and watch on TV and, and all that cool stuff. And uh, anytime I'm able to, to do that and cross it off the bucket list is, 
is just like mind blowing to me, man. Like I, it's crazy. Uh, some of the people that I've gotten to work with, like, you know, thinking back, like, uh, you know, just Billy Gunn, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, cause I remember watching him as the smoking guns with Bart, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and then followed his whole career progression. Like, uh, you know, like I, there's, there's a few other names that I could go through and stuff, or even like guys that, um, I've discovered somewhat recently on TV and then got to work with like a Pentagon junior or something, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, just crazy, crazy, crazy. This life that, uh, <laughs> that, that I live. <laughs> yeah. Man. And these legends, you know, these legends could come in and mail that in, you know, they don't. And I was just thinking, what a, what a pro Shane Douglas is after all these years. I mean, you know, Shane comes in and he, he takes so seriously. You can tell how much he loves wrestling, you know, and uh, yeah, he's still in addition. I mean, yeah. he's one of the best uh, Mike, Mike workers of all time. Oh yeah. You know, there's no, there's no question about it with Shane that he is that. And so it's it's really kind of cool to see him see him around, you know. I mean, yeah. Shane doesn't have the same. He I I never, I mean, I can't say I know I knew for sure, but Shane didn't seem to be one of the true, because ECW boys that was like a rock and roll band, you know. I mean, they lived that rock and roll lifestyle, you know in the corner halfway into a fucking coma with a bottle of Jack and, <laughs> you know, they, they lived it. And I, but, but Shane never really seemed to be the kind of one that did. So I think he's got more years in him than, than, you know, you've been seeing a lot of the ECW guys going left and right. And I hope, I hope that's it now for a while, uh, but we are seeing them and yeah, I mean, they, they live life hard. You know, oh, yeah. they, they lived it hard and fast and uh, Shane did have a bit of a, a problem with pills at one point that's that he made very public, you know, but and he he beat that. So, I mean, uh, I think he's in really good health and he's one of the one of the guys that, you know, you can count on still today, you know, to show up. He's going to be in the best shape he, he can be at this point, And he's going to be clear minded and ready to go. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I I think it's cool, man. I think it's cool. Yeah. Well, and, you, you know, you, you speak of, of legends like that um, and, you know, guys who could go out there and definitely phone it in. Like just the fact that Shane Douglas was on the show, uh, he could have made an appearance and came out and just, you know, popped somebody in the mouth a couple times and waved and, <laughs> you know, exactly. being gone. you know what I'm saying? Um, exactly. But, but to do a full match, you think a guy is also, um, it's crazy because uh, I recently saw, that he was announced for for something else that I was just like, oh, of course, uh, Two Gold Scorpio. Um, <laughs> you know, Sc yep. Scorpio has a match with with Jonathan Gresham coming up soon. Oh, wow! So you know that's going to be. I mean, but like not only that, but just some of the the Scorpio matches that I've gotten to see live, whether it be Scorpio and Suge, which of course, you know, <laughs> wow. you got guys like that. So there was some shenanigans, but those two can go too. This is Suge after. Uh, after Europe, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Um, so Shook after Europe was a completely different animal when he came back to the States. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Shook and, and Scorpio, I saw Scorpio and Era Fox live, uh, you know, wow. um, Scorpio and who else, uh, trying to think off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, man, like, but just 
it's crazy that in 2021 going into 2022 hmm. um that these guys are still able to hang with you know the young guns you know what i mean yeah there's a guy man that you mentioned scorp that's a guy i mean I remember when Scorp first busted on the scene in 92 or 93 or something, you know, and he was, Scorp is really one of the people that he doesn't get the credit he deserves, man. He he really, I, I think he's a, he's a true pioneer in the style. I mean, so, so many of the guys doing the style now with the, with the high flying, you know, they have so much to owe to Scorpio. Oh, for sure. Oh, most definitely, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, very, very innovative. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you see, whether it be like the, uh, let's see, it's four, it's four fifty, not a four fifty, but right. six twenty, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, whatever it's called, however many rotations. Yeah. Like doing stuff like that. Like uh, Scorpio was one of the first people to do. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he started that shit. Yeah. Uh, or doing like the 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 front flip leg drop. The, uh, oh yeah. Or you know different stuff like that. Like Suge was definitely, uh, or not Suge. Sorry, Scorpio was definitely an innovator um, in that sense of uh, you know, yeah, uh, definitely does not get the credit he deserves. Nope, nope. But you know, it's cool. And and I always but, mention that. But the, like we were saying, it's still cool. It's cool that he's still out there and able to do it very at cool. that level. Uh, cool. And and we can still watch him um, on a high level. Really, uh, it, it might not be the the major TV corporations, but yo, hey, could you imagine <laughs> Tuco Scorpio on AEW Dynamite? <laughs> sure. Oh man, yo, I would lose it. Like that would be so cool. And he uh, could still, to... he could still fit right in. You know, I mean, that's the oh thing. yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys like Shane and Scorp. You know, they're they are far from embarrassing themselves when they come out there. You know, they don't look embarrassing. They're ready to rock. You know, so it's uh. And I mean, I can't say that they're they're what they used to be, but Scorp even more so is he's ageless, man. I mean, I, I just marvel at him. You know, yeah. he was hitting. I saw him in AJ Gray at Scenic City Invitational a couple of years back, uh -huh. and he, you know, Scorp was hitting the fucking like you said that top flipping leg drop and everything. I'm like, what the fuck? He yeah. doesn't. He's not slowing down. Nope. Not at all, man. Yeah, it was very, uh, very similar to how he was with the with the AR Fox match. Um, sure. So, but yeah, I remember. I, I now that you mentioned it, the AJ Gray one was one that I had watched. You know, of course, uh, watched it back on mm -hmm. uh, on IWTV. Yeah. Uh, and then also same thing with uh, with Scorpio and uh, and Rich Swan was another one. Hmm. But like you know, you mentioned all these names and and like Scorpio is able to still hang with them at his age like dog yeah. ageless for sure <laughs> yeah yeah for sure man yeah yeah that's another one be a good get for danny you know it's not it's not over yet for some of these cats man so yeah it's you're right we'll be seeing shane again you'll be in the ring with him i'm sure somewhere in the chains at yep. some point here sure, but yeah. at some point yeah because that's what they uh that's what ended up happening in the yeah. uh the aftermatch um yeah. you know of of this uh whole there was, there was a segment after the match where um like he's like we we're saying you know he snatched the mic out of danny's hands and was like i want you in the chains so 
Yeah, that'll be mm. really cool. Can't wait for yeah. that to happen. It will be awesome, man. You know, we we knew going in that John Wayne Murdoch was as worthy of a challenger for that IWTV belt that Alex Shelley's holding. He's as worthy as anyone. But I would think that a lot of fans now, I mean, because John's been, well, I mean, IWA still does regular matches, but for the most part, it feels like he's been doing death matches, you know, death match heavy for a long time. But well, before that, I, he was, you know, he, you know, we all know John Wayne Murdoch is a fantastic wrestler. Well, and, and to your point, um, if you really think about it, the last, uh, since what was it? July, June or July, IWA has been deathmatch heavy too. Right. You know, true, true. Uh, because they had got the new venue and moved out of the arena. That's so, true. so like John really has been just going hard. Yeah. Uh, deathmatch hard every single week. Um, and then mm. sprinkle in a regular match here and there. Um, whereas, yeah, we knew if you know, you know, type deal, um, that John can go, um, uh, straight match, no, no matter what the, you know, um, stipulation or rules or lack thereof of the match. Um, John is going to knock it out of the park. Um, just because, you know, at IWA, we were at the arena for so long. Um, and, and you're not even allowed to bleed there. So, right. um, so of course, you know, didn't really get that much, uh, well, it didn't get deathmatch heavy at all. Um, but it definitely didn't even really get that hardcore. Um, you know, it was just John in there with anybody and everybody you could think of, um, as far as, you know, Larry D Aaron Williams, you know, like just having regular straight matches. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, Guys like me and you who uh, have followed John for a minute, um, we knew what he was capable of. Um, but still, I loved the um, the vignette that played before this match. And then also, too, what was on, you know, making the rounds to hype this match up for social media, um, where John, you know, the, the promo that he comes out and cuts towards, um, uh, which did you watch that uh, that hour long match? Did you watch that live? No, did I did not, man. Mm. No, okay. So it, dude, man, such an incredible hour-long match. Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta um, for the uh, IWTV title back when Wheeler had it. And Struggs did commentary on that, didn't he? Struggs and Dylan Hales. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, almost like a dream team of commentary. <laughs> that is a dream team, bro. Uh, and so... Yeah, uh, in, incredible. It was really cool stuff. Um, but um, at the end of it was when John Wayne Murdoch ends up coming out and uh, and telling um, Alex Shelley that he's coming for his belt. And uh, and so, and then of course in the vignette that it played before this match, there was a line where uh, John Wayne Murdoch was talking about, "I'm not just a fat deathmatch wrestler," um, which you know, going back to what we were saying. We knew that <laughs> we already knew, um, but like we, me and you, and you know, I was telling Ryan struggles, uh, you know, Hey, <laughs> John's going to shock the world. You know what I mean? A, a lot of people are going to be paying attention to this match. Um, and John's going to be able to show, uh, what he really is capable of. Um, I will say to kind of, I, I, I feel like 
if you ask Murdoch, he might tell you, but he will never put it, put this out there. Um, at halfway through this match, John ended up getting hurt. And so they had to cut out a lot of stuff. Um, and a lot of the stuff that they had cut out to, to go behind the curtain completely. A lot of stuff they had to cut out was, you know, John's, uh, shine, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, uh, that match was going to be even greater than what it already was. Um, but like I said, John ended up getting hurt. That's not to make any excuses for anybody. Cause like I said, John will never even probably put that out there, you know, um, just because he's that kind of dude, but yo, like, as we had started off at the beginning of this conversation, John goes hard and he runs so hard. Um, and uh, it was like we were saying a freak, just uh regular suplex. It was nothing that Alex really did. Uh, and he just kind of, I think he said he felt like a rib pop. Uh, and this was like towards the end of the match, not even and this was whenever we got to the back when he was telling us what he felt, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, man, uh, this, dude john is a machine <laughs> legit <laughs> like so good and and alex shelley of course uh is one of the best of all time um so like you knew that this match was going to be good anyway um just because you got alex shelley in there and you know it's very similar to guys like when they get in the ring with like an aaron williams or something and i've seen john wayne murdoch and aaron williams um definitely more than three times in my mm-hmm. career. Oh, sure. Uh, you know what I mean? And, uh, and dude, f- John literally, um, it doesn't matter what kind of match it is. He's going to go in there and kill it. And I-, I feel like it's really cool that John is on, on one side, um, you know, he is, uh, taking on Alex Shelley for the IWTV title. And then over here on the other side, he's a GCW taking on their top deathmatch guy. Hmm. That's pretty cool to think of it that way. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, you know, he, I think he definitely showed represented in this match. Makes sense to me that what you say, because I didn't know that watching the match, it felt like it felt sort of abrupt, you know, the, the way that they kind of raced to the, the finish a little bit, but you know, when I watched it a second time, I liked it even more. You know, I thought that uh, one thing I really liked was how, and we've talked about this, Murdoch would have a hard time ever being the heel. I mean, he wouldn't have a hard time playing the heel, but I mean, it'd be hard to make him heel, <laughs> you know, with the crowd, with crowds anywhere now. And so, you know, I feel like that that was the one where, Alex Shelley is pretty much a, he's just kind of an ingrown baby face, you know, and th- th- I haven't seen Shelley have to play heel too much, but I think he pretty quickly realized that there's no way I'm going to be the face out here. So yeah. he was even taunting the crowd a couple times and stuff. It was oh, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that that's it's cool whenever you got guys who are good enough workers to pick that up, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and to be able to flip it like that and, uh, so, but yeah, uh, and I, I believe um, it was Jesse, it was pro- maybe even Ron and Jesse both put that over on commentary um, where they were just like, <laughs> you know, this is Murdoch's house tonight. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, just because the crowd was so electric, man. Um, and, you know, Murdoch chants were loud as hell, um, all that. So, uh, yeah, definitely. 
um, really cool to see Alex pick up on that and then to be able to flip it. And, and uh, besides the story that they sold in this match anyway, you know, working body parts, um, you know, doing stuff like that. So, yep. Yep. They were. And in fact, that was, you know, could have been the finish if, if Ricky didn't wander out there, but I mean, and, and Ricky, factored into the match but i mean he didn't even have to touch anyone he just kind of walked out and that was enough to get murdoch's attention distract him and shelly rolled him up but before that you know the duke hit that kind of divorce divorce court on the arm that sort of flatliner on the arm and rolled it right into that koji clutch Yep. Oh, and I, we've seen him finish off enough people with that. Where oh yeah, I I wondered if maybe that might be the the time when he'd be the new champion, but not uh-huh. to be. Right, right. Well, I I feel like the, uh, the Koji um, was you know it's been used in at least the last few of Murdoch's matches. I, I I believe I know I'm pretty sure that that was one of the falls against Eric Ryan. Uh, was a Koji clutch in that hour long. It was, uh, yeah. You know, it just happened. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, he he could definitely finish people off with that. And uh, so, it, it, yeah. And and not only that, but um, really cool of like we were talking about struggles Ryan to have his uh, to have his finger on the pulse of what ha- is going on and what has been going on for so long to be able to continue the story of Ricky Shane Page and John Wayne Murdoch um, at a new promotion. You know what I mean? Um, because those two have so much history together. Um, definitely at IWA Mid-South, but, um, but you know, other places too. And, uh, and, so, and not only that, but, you know, they have a fun rivalry on social media, uh, you know, 440 and, uh, and, and uh, the rejects have been paired up countless times over you know different promotions not just icw um and so uh they have a fun rivalry where uh, uh, blake john wayne murdoch's son is actually a huge ricky shane page fan so <laughs> and it, it's fun if you uh, pay attention to john wayne murdoch's twitter he definitely uh you know shows that off quite a bit so but uh but yeah uh for ricky to come out and, and to be able to you know, just distract John enough to where uh, ended up costing him the victory um, was uh, was really cool of uh, of them to uh, do, you know, things that way, I guess you could say. And uh, and having uh, that story continue, because that's the thing, too. Um, Murdoch and, and Ricky, when that match ends up happening and obviously it's not going to be a death match because Ricky's made it very, very known. He's not doing death matches anymore. Right. That's going to bang. Um, you know, that that's a match that Ian has put on, uh, death match and non death match, because that literally was round one of TPI this past year. Wow. You know? Um, wow. so yeah, like and, and it was and the finals two, of King of the Death. What year exactly. was that, Sean? Man. Uh 2017. 17, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, yep. that, that match was crazy. If you haven't yeah. seen that match, you that's what you need to look up. Yes, absolutely. Yep. That was wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, House of Horrors. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, Ricky and, and, and John uh, just have really great chemistry anytime they get in the ring uh, and, and they go. And so uh, whenever that's, that ends up happening on a stage like ETU, 
oh man, I, I'm going to be really, really excited for that just as much as I was for uh, Murdoch and Alex Shelley, you know? Hell yeah, man. Yo, I have to claim ignorance on Jonah because, you know, here's a guy, talk about well-traveled, I mean, and, and in, in major places. I mean, you know, Australian-born in, in WWE, you know, I mean, you know, Bronson, Bronson Reed. But see, that's why that, that's sort of a, a black hole vortex for me because I really don't even watch WWE Same. at yeah. all. So it's like yeah. when guys kind of go there, I don't, you know, I don't, I kind of lose track of them. And in Bronson Reed's case, he never really went to the Indies. He just went kind of from Australia to WWE, I think. Right. So, you uh, know, I, he, I didn't really. I, he may have done some Australian Indies. Yeah, I'm not th- he did. It, he but, did. And in fact, yeah. shout out to our boy Rafe, our brother from Down Under Faces and Feels podcast. I was asking him when I, f- I figured out Jonah was Australian. You know, I asked Rafe to just give me a little bit of insight on Jonah's career. And yeah, he was saying how, you know, he was he was Jonah Rock in Australia. And then, you know, then the Bronson Reed happened. And man, right. he's fucking, he, he's tremendous. So this match incredible. with him and ACH, it was, it was incredible. I have to say when, when, when I saw that, Struggs announced the match. I really didn't get it because I didn't. I don't know. I, I love ACH. He's he's one of my top top guys. Anywhere, anytime. ACH man, he's right up there. But uh-huh. and he should have been a world champion. WWE. If if you need any more proof that they don't know what the fuck they're doing, why is ACH? You know why? Why why do we even get to see him on the indies? I mean, yeah, you know. Man. They, he should they, be a Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he should be world champion, man. I mean, yeah. with the look like he has, that dude, he could have been main event. He has a main event WrestleMania look. Yeah, and he couldn't be a greater guy. No, dude, I bet, no so I'm sure cool, not. I, like, uh, to, to be able to, you know, get to know him uh, the past, I guess, year, year and a half. Yeah. Uh, and, and work with him more. Uh, dude, uh, man. Love being in a locker room with that guy anytime mm-hmm. that I can, or just being around him in general. Um, but uh, like you said, very similar <clears throat> to what because uh, you know I, I I like I'll try to dabble in the mainstream sure. um, and see you know what's going on. Um, but really, my knowledge of what is going on in WWE is really through social media, mm-hmm. and then also too. Um, you know, like, like I, I talk about, I'm, I'm a podcast fiend. And so, um, there are certain like, uh, weekly, uh, or even like daily news, like wrestling news podcasts that I'll just kind of, uh, tune into just to hear what's going on. And, uh, and a couple of those podcasts, um, cover WWE and we'll talk about this Bronson Reed and how he's this, that, and the other, and, when, uh, of course, you know, he, he was a uh, champion while he was at WWE, uh, while he was at NXT. Um, and so whenever he was one of them that really was released, that I, I remember clear as day, that was one of the names that they were the most surprised was released. And so 
that's what made me kind of feel like, okay, this guy's a big deal. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and I still really hadn't seen much of his work um, until whenever he was announced for ETU. And I was like, that's interesting. Is, is he even allowed to do that? Because hmm. I was like, he just got released, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then what, what really got me hyped for this match alone was shout out to our brother down under race uh listening to that episode with ryan and uh and and ryan talking about how that match happened um how he you know hit up uh jonah and was like you know hey or actually no he didn't even hit him up jonah had reached out to him and was like yo is this you like you're doing this (laughs) and you know ryan was just like yeah like what's up and just be, like he wasn't even trying to really book him he was just like yeah you know what's good and he was just like i'm technically not taking bookings but i'm interested <laughs> you know <laughs> like and then of course it was able to happen and i think I, i'm pretty sure that was his first uh independent booking um from getting released from nxt was against ach and then not only that but uh ryan i think also might have told the story or maybe i heard it from jonah um, on a podcast or something. I can't remember exactly, but Jonah and ACH had actually had a match um, at NXT when Jonah had first started there. Wow. Um, but I don't think it was on TV. It might have been like in the center or maybe it was. I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly, um, but I, I remember uh, Jonah. It was either Jonah or Ryan on a podcast telling that story where um yeah they had in fact had a match before um and so that's why jonah was even more excited to have this match again you know uh with with the i guess chains kind of taken off you know what i mean so to speak um and so uh yeah and and what we got was uh i well let me uh i'll quote uh former guests of the show and uh, and my brother cam uh from paradigm pro uh he texted me after the match, and he said, um, actually, I think that this might have been a day or two after the show, and he was like, that match is what I'm going to tell kids to watch as the perfect example of a big man, little man match. Hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, like, it, it just told that story uh, where sure did. It, it literally had to chop down the tree Yep, uh, as much as possible. He, he chopped the hell out of him. <laughs> like, trust and believe uh but um you know chopped him was hitting the ropes trying to you know give him the chop block uh kicks to the knee um you know uh he uh man that the uh the build up to that german suplex that he hit with the bridge yeah uh, and he muscled them up there too man i thought if ACH, if anybody can do it it's ach yeah you know the 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 shape that cat is in but Yo, man, that cross body that ACH got, the height on that on that cross body, and when he hit it, it made me think of RVD, and not in the not in the way you'd think. I mean, of course, you know the execution was RVD like and the, the height and everything with it, but you know I remember hearing guys on shoot interviews say that what was stiff about because everybody would always expect that people in ECW would talk about how stiff RVD was because of the kicks or whatnot. And, they, you know, guys would say, hey, you know, if you can't take a kick at this level, 
then you shouldn't even be in the ring. That's fine. What what's what's the worst thing about RVD is the frog splashes and the cross bodies because RVD is thick. You know, oh, he's yeah. oh, he's all muscle. And I, same thing with ACH. I mean, his, his torso. Yeah, his torso is 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 huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's huge and it's all muscle. You yeah, know? all muscle. So. Uh, and, and and like you said, the height that he gets on it. Oh man, yeah, yeah. He he flew like literally flew out of the yeah. air. It's got to knock uh, the breath right out of you, man. Yeah, when he, man. When he hit yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was that was really cool. Um, yo, well, and then also too, I want to go back um, at the beginning of this match when they had the exchange uh, and they were hit or uh, ACH came off the ropes <laughs> and Jonah gave him that big Vader <laughs> body. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the body block. Right. Like, and just knocked him on his ass. Like, yep. And, and then just kind of wiped it off his chest. Right. At, like just little things like that is, is stuff that I'm a big, big fan of. Uh, and, uh, and you can tell, I don't know how long Jonah has been working exactly, but, uh, but you could just tell that, you know, he, he definitely learned some things um, being where he was at. And uh, and and that's hmm. one thing that they'll teach you is those little things that, you know, on TV, you know what I'm saying? It, it looked professional. Like, it just looked, you know what I'm saying? It, does that make sense? Like, it, it looks like he knew how to work a camera. There oh, we go. oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 You could tell he wasn't, he wasn't an indie you know, indie wrestler only. I mean, he he definitely has had the experience he's had, and so well, and, no. and that's something that those guys will learn. Uh, exactly. I, I, to on a quick side tangent, that's one thing that I feel like my uh, my my little brother, uh, my dog Myron Reed. Uh, one thing that has benefited him a lot is working on TV, um, and then also he, he uh, I believe. No, he, he has, I think he has a, a regular job, but um, he, he makes most of his money or tries to make most of his money off of professional wrestling. And so he is still out here doing indie stuff, too. And when he's on the indies, he still is working the cameras, uh, whether it be the Rome cam or the hard cam or, you know, whatever. Yep. Still working those cameras because that's just something he learned being on TV, you know, uh, being with MLW as long as he has. Um, same thing with Jonah. I felt like, uh, especially when you go back and watch the match, um, it, it's dude, oh man, so good. I, I, like Cam said, uh, I cannot recommend going back and watching this match enough. Uh, that was the reason why, um, you know, quit shameless plug. Uh, if you go and check out my social media, made a little, uh, music video highlight reel, whatever you want to call it of this match. Um, and the song that I used was my homie, Peter Wesley. Um, and, uh, he's a rapper here in Louisville. Um, but yeah, man, that was the reason why I did that just because this match was just, it was, it was a special moment. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's how I felt as like, not just when I rang the bell, but like, I guess it was more so watching it back. I felt like it was just a, a really cool moment in time, this entire match, you know? Sure. That finishing sequence, man, he just, Jonah just overwhelmed ACH, man. I mean, fucking Lariat folded him right up. Any one of these moves could could have been the kill shot, it seemed like. But, you know, he, he, he Jonah just said, hey, I'm going to empty the clip on you, and then we'll see how you do after yeah. that. So Lariat, Lariat power, power bombs, bomb. yeah, frog <laughs> splash. I, I'm like, what? 
Dude, uh, well, uh, and uh, that is one thing that whenever uh, before this match, whenever I was going and, and just doing some light research just to kind of look into what Jonah does and stuff, because I think I've talked about that on the podcast where I like to watch matches with dudes that I haven't worked with before and being able to work with them, being like a, a fan of them before I get to work with them, because mm-hmm it's cool to be able to know certain guys move sets and know how to, I want to react to it. You know what I'm saying? Like just studying that I like to do, but with Jonah, one of the <laughs> videos that was on YouTube was him doing that splash to a ton of different dudes on NXT. And I was just like, Whoa, <laughs> that's a lot of man coming down on somebody. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man, he, he gets some air on it too. Um, but yeah, he, uh, man, Jonah's so good. Yeah. Another guy that there were so many on this show that, you know, I can't wait to see again. And Jonah would be somebody that I would, I'd buy a ticket to go see in a heartbeat. You know, I mean, he's, uh, and this was a great pull by struggles, you know, uh, struggles really, really did book this out so well i mean tremendously well and the well, finish i mean he you know he's got his finger like you, you said it before you know uh-huh. he's got the finger on the pulse because he saved the sat the maximos for the end not a lot of people you know today are gonna know the value in the sat and but of course you know shrugs would Definitely, for sure, and I would too, but I didn't know that they were still ready to rock that way. You know, I didn't know how interested they were. And the last time I saw them was for Extreme Rising. Speaking of Shane Douglas, Shane was one of the main main figures in that promotion, and they were Los Dramaticos under some hoods, which I thought was a weird decision at the time because they already had made their name as the SCT why don't you make them let them be that you know but struggles new main event sat it's gonna blow the roof off the place and they did oh yeah absolutely yeah well and and not only that but uh you know to your point um you know it, it was funny because um there was actually uh a lot more than you would think as far as the boys and girls even on this show who wanted to be a part of this show just because of the fact that the SATs were back. <laughs> How cool. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was that much of a, a moment, you know what I mean? Uh, so, um, and just like the whole vibe once they came out, you know what I'm saying? Uh, having all the spot monkeys with them and stuff. Um, Cause like me, I guess being somewhat ignorant, I didn't really know the significance of the SATs. And I, you know, I told you that off the air whenever sure. it was going down sure. and, and renouncing everything, but I saw the buzz that was created on social media and how many people, and not only that, but not just how many people, but how many like people, um, that, you know, uh, was, I guess like are, you know, pretty, um, prominent voices in pro wrestling who, you know, like they were really hyped about the SATs being back. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right. So like these guys are a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, so, um, and the fact that they were coming back was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? 
uh, very, it felt almost like on an indie level, uh, like how it felt when CM Punk was coming back. You know what I mean? Um, For but, sure, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so, uh, but yeah, they, um, it, it like just so cool. The whole vibe, the crowd was so hot for this entire match. Um, and what was crazy, you can actually see it if you go back and watch it. Um, the, the Jay Lion, uh, he ends up doing, during the introductions, does a front flip and breaks his foot. <laughs> That's and right. They, and one of the Maximos, I, I, I can't remember if it was Joel or Jose, they talked oh, about yeah. that after it, the match. Yeah. He mentioned yeah, he mentions it at the end of the match. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he even says like, "I don't usually like to, you know, go behind curtain at all." But you know, he he messed up his foot. That literally happened during the intros. Wow! And so talk about freak accidents and just like how stuff that you know you never know, like just literally freak accident. He was doing a front flip during his intro and broke his foot. Wow! Uh, and then. Uh, and, and like, it's crazy because I like going back, I'm watching me and Larry and, uh, and, and now, now that I'll tell you this, Jeremy, if you go back and watch it, you can see me and Larry in the background. And the first time he does it, we look at each other and we're just like, cause we both hear it. And then we're just like, Oh no. And then we see him limp hmm. and he, I come, I go over to him and you can literally see all this happen in the ring. Cause it's on hard cam. Uh, I go over to him and I'm like, yeah, all right. He said, I just, I just fucked up my foot. And I'm like, all right, cool. Here we go. And so I go back over to Larry and I'm like, yeah, he just said he messed it up. And then while Larry's l- literally announcing them, <laughs> both the, the main event, he does some kind of like flipping in and comes down on his foot wrong. And he like, it looked like he slipped, but it was because he came down on his broken foot. And me and Larry <laughs> turned to each other. He's saying the main, the main event, and Larry looks at me, and I look at him, and we both get wide-eyed. Uh, <laughs> and this, of course, this is on camera, uh, and I'm just <laughs> like, "Oh no!" And so I'm checking on him, and then uh, I go over and I tell um, the the SATs, "I'm like, hey, I was like, his foot's messed up. Tell him which foot." Uh, and but, yo, <laughs> I'm sitting there of course, worried about his foot the entire match. So I'm, I'm keeping a, a closer eye on, on Jay uh, throughout the match. And he's still doing some crazy, like, lucha stuff, all kind of really cool stuff on a broken foot. And I'm just like, dude, he, like, it, it didn't slow him down really at all, you know? No. It was unnoticeable. I mean, but yeah, I had never seen... Jay Lion and Midas Black before those are, I think they're House of Glory from from what yep. I could yeah from what I could yeah. gather you know and uh, well, uh, that that was really cool to put them with SAT. So uh, another those two are another uh, duo or another I guess um, uh, whatever you want to call it that I had met at Paradigm um, doing oh the wow tape. Uh, I want to say that they were a part of the uh, it was either no hook or, or contender series again. I can't remember, but I want to say that like those two, Ken Broadway and Nolo, all came down in a car together. Um, because I, I think that they're all House of Glory people. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, I had met these two doing the paradigm stuff. Um, and 
just remember them, you know, being really talented, especially Jay. Uh, like he was very, he reminded me a lot of, uh, of like Gringo, um, because they both Gringo Loco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I they can both see that body mm-hmm. types. Yep. And, uh, and you know, uh, Jay's very acrobatic. Um, and so, uh, and then also too, just, uh, Midas being super charismatic, like he was and stuff. And I believe, that they had tagged against, uh, I don't remember now. I can't remember off the top of my head. You have to go back and check because I, I I can't remember off the top, top of my head which one it was, whether it be Contender Series or you know uh, uh, the uh, No Hook. I know it was one of those two because those were the No Fan tapings that we did. Yeah, uh, and so and and they came down as a carload. But anyway, regardless, um, yeah. Loved those guys, loved working with those guys and meeting those guys then. Um, so I was really hyped when I saw this match on paper um, because I knew that it was going to be uh, like, I guess, kind of like a level up for them. Uh, but also, too, it was going to give them a lot more exposure and people are going to be able to be like, oh, OK, who are these guys, you know what I mean? Uh, and the stuff that they do is so entertaining. Uh, I remember seeing the... Um, the the ring spot where he you know takes the hula hoop um and throws <laughs> the tree <laughs> that hoop. was awesome and then he does the dive where he flips through the you know through right the through rope. the hoop man and then fucking somersault <laughs> that was and awesome I saw that at the arena um whenever oh, they wow. did and i thing and so and i was i was reminiscent of you know that moment and i was just like oh this is cool uh but yeah they uh it was really really fun so much fun this match was but this was another match where like i was talking about earlier um so because they were still i believe they were still talking about things um at intermission and didn't really have everything together um but it was like (laughs) i can't remember it was super fast they were having to tell me different spots throughout this match and then they were like oh yeah and we're gonna bump you and blah 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 And and i'm just like having to remember that all this different stuff. It was, it was definitely like a challenge to have to remember everything that I was having to remember. Sure. Uh, especially for this match. Cause there was quite a few things that was happening that they, you know, uh, needed me to know, I guess, <laughs> and not go too much further behind the curtain. You know what I mean? But, uh, right. but yeah, like it was just, man, such a, a, a great experience. Um, as far as this match goes, um, and this whole show, uh, but like, yo, uh, the SATs, I hope, hope, hope that this opens so many more doors for them because I feel like it definitely motivated them. Uh, if you look on like social media and stuff, they can't stop posting clips uh, and talking about it. They even like called out the Young Bucks after this match was over with. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> the Briscoes. Like, the Briscoes. Yeah. Everybody. They were, yeah. they were putting everybody on notice that the SAT is back. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. Uh, and that was that in itself was just really cool to be a part of. You know? Oh yeah. I had never seen the one brother. I I only knew there was Joel and Jose, Maximo, and there was somebody else in there. And it seemed like at times, you know, they would kind of interchange the three, <laughs> or you know, make a different duo out of the three. I don't know. I I couldn't quite keep track, but. Well, to go to go a little behind the curtain, I guess a little more. That was one of the things that they were like, "Yo, uh, hey, we." Uh, they they kind of mentioned it in the back. They said we're going to do some spots with some twin magic. 
Yeah. And I was yeah. like, okay. Uh, but like it was just kind of in passing because I was doing other things, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and so, and I was just kind of like, all right, cool. And so I didn't really know where the spots was going to be at. So I had to kind of pick up on what they were trying to do. And when they were doing that spot, they were in the corner. Uh, and if you look, I'm, I'm distracted because I'm trying to get them out of the corner anyway. Uh, and they do the spot really quick behind my back. I think they either do it behind my back or they might've did it in front of me, but I wasn't necessarily looking at what was going on. Uh, and then the second time I noticed kind of what they were doing out of my peripheral vision. <laughs> and so I, that's whenever I picked up on, all right, let me get him actually and turn my back to that corner completely so that I missed them doing it the next time. You know what I'm saying? Like just little things like that. Uh, like it was man such a fun experience working with those guys because i love tag team i love working with old school tag teams who you know just kind of um i don't know like you just have to uh pick up on what they're doing you know what i mean like uh yeah so much fun working with those dudes yeah we, i'm sure we won't see the last of of either team there i mean the main event you know they're they're just getting rolling that's really kind of i mean you mentioned Cam before, and it it just feels like almost every show, you know, even if we're not centering it on paradigm, it feels like a lot of a lot of guys that we talk about liking or whatever, you know, you it comes back to paradigm, you know, that really is one of those fucking like central promotions and Cam and 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 the rest of the booking team there, you know, they they really they know they they have their finger on the pulse too. They must. Yeah, right. Well, it's uh it's Cam, uh Doug Votaw, and then uh Gary Wilson. Right. Uh Gary covers more of the UWFI uh division, I guess you want to call it the blue brand. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Doug and Cam who run things over on the red brand. But mm-hmm. um, you know, Cam and, and Doug uh were both longtime IWA fans. Um they, you know, Doug I mean, hell, Doug grew up going to shows at the Louisville Gardens. Um, and so, uh, and, and used to watch, you know, Jay Lawler and uh, Ian back in the day, you know what I mean? Um, and then, of course, OVW always being in the area. And then IWA Mid-South being in the area. Um, Doug just grew up going to wrestling in that area and always kind of had his finger on the pulse through that. Cam the same way. Uh, and then Gary, <clears throat> Gary just, like, will um throw you know <laughs> throw something at the wall and see what sticks um and that's what's kind of happened with the UWFI and uh and like just the people that they've brought in just because of they've been it that they've been interested in doing UWFI has been crazy um you know like just getting Dan Severin or Stephen Bonner or like guys like that you know what I'm saying um like but yeah very much have their pulse on what's going on they pay attention to everything especially through social media and iwtv uh that helps a lot you know what i mean um so like because that's how uh well cam he's watched and paid attention to like house of glory and stuff uh just because he's a big red fan um so uh but yeah cam very much has his pulse (laughs) has his finger on the pulse of what's going on Oh yeah, uh, and it's just it's crazy. Uh, some of the guys that have been through there, and then I end up seeing later on down the road. 
Yeah, man, that's tremendous. Uh, yo, dude, I'm so happy we got a chance to talk about this show. This show was tremendous. No disrespect to the struggles for us taking so long to get to this because it definitely was on the radar. Of course, obviously, it was on yours. You worked, you worked it. But it was right. on mine, too, and I watched it. I watched it live, but, you know, in order for us to really give it a good look, we wanted to go back and watch it again, and it's been kind of tough and hectic, and I'm in there somewhere I moved, and, you know, I'm living in a different spot now and all kinds of craziness. So, But uh, glad we got a chance to talk about this one. Expect the unexpected one. Hopefully a fuck ton more to come absolutely yeah i agree man yep <laughs> for sure I, I was definitely glad that we could uh cover this one uh and you know hey <laughs> same for me uh you know i've had some changes in my own personal life mm -hmm. uh you know, i had to start a new job and stuff so right uh, yeah man it's definitely been uh <clears throat> you know hard to yeah. to and i feel like that's why we ended up doing a little bit more interviews than we yeah, were doing probably uh, you yeah. know, reviews because of the fact that, um, you know, of course we were trying to help out, um, we are, you know, with, with different things that is going on, but at the same time, like, you know, this show was like, I keep saying just a special moment. And <laughs> I feel like pro wrestling history, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it's one of those shows that people definitely need to check out. Um, there's at least, you know, two or three matches on here that could be potential matches of the year. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was crazy that it happened later in the year. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, uh, shout out to, to Ryan, um, for putting this together and, uh, and, and let me be a part of the team. Uh, and you know, uh, doing like, dude, I have never had a promotion make a graphic for me ever <laughs> and they made a graphic for me like that's crazy though <laughs> yep uh but yeah man i i was so uh felt blessed to be a part and i, I can't wait to be uh you know can't wait to see what the future holds for for etu for sure hell yeah man me neither all right my brother it's well, uh, gonna well, be morning we, soon yeah we, sean what's up yeah I, well i do want to add before probably should have said at the beginning but uh you know to to end somewhat on a sour note gotta say real quick rest in peace to uh to deathmatch brother marcus crane um he uh he passed away last night um and uh just definitely uh want to give my thoughts and prayers to uh his family and to the whole deathmatch communities the whole pro wrestling community really uh because if you uh look at social media man it's crazy how many people are talking about marcus right now um and uh I, I didn't really know marcus like super well um but uh i know that you actually probably knew him a little bit better than i did just because you've known him longer um but uh i um i, I was fortunate to work quite a few matches with mark <clears throat> sorry with marcus um you know um matches like uh sage sin uh well, i mean this is stuff that i posted <laughs> Yeah. Um, about, but, uh, you know, I, I, that one with Sage Sin was really memorable at, at VOW. Um, one of my, uh, <laughs> and this is another post that I made that you can see on my social media, but 
one of my favorite memories of my entire career. Uh, it wasn't really at the time. It was quite annoying at the time, but uh, there was um, some bikers whenever I, I worked actually at Sage's promotion, uh, Crimson Crown. It wasn't Crimson Crown at the time. Uh, it was called something else. I can't remember what it was called before. What was it called before? Do you remember? Yeah, I don't remember. Blood uh, Brothers? Is that the same? That might have been it. Yeah, maybe. I can't remember. Blood Brothers, something maybe. Like, something Whatever like that. Uh, yeah, uh, Sage and, and Kyle's promotion out in mm -hmm. California. Uh, it's sure. Crimson, Crown, Crimson Crown Wrestling now. Um, but uh, whenever I had worked out there for them, and one of the matches that I worked was Marcus Crane and G Raver. And uh, so there was some bikers in the crowd that was heckling me because of my man bun. And they were talking about my hair. And so Marcus ended up taking uh, my hair down and grabbed the, the ponytail holder and threw it out to the bikers. And they were all hyped because one of them <laughs> caught it. And, uh, and they were cheering about it and stuff. So I had to ref the entire match with my hair down and it was getting in my face and all kind of annoying stuff. And I was a little frustrated, not necessarily, you know, with Marcus, but just <laughs> with my hair in my face. I remember and, you telling me about that. Mm -hmm. And so, and yeah, it was just, but I, I posted a picture of, uh, at the end of the match and I'm holding Marcus's hand up and my hair is all, you know, down and, uh, yeah, man, just, uh, special things like that, that I, I, I like to remember about Marcus just cause man, uh, the outpouring is crazy. I'm glad you brought it up, man. Yeah, rest in peace, Marcus. It was, you know, I, I certainly you never expect somebody's going to pass, especially young. I'm still kind of shocked about it, you know. Especially so in like Marcus, you know. Yeah. But I mean, uh, uh, Brian actually, since we're talking about ETU, Ryan hit me up just to reach out. He said, "Just checking on you," and uh, and I was like, you know, I, I'm I'm okay. Uh, I was like, I'm just I'm still shocked. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. What were you saying? Well, I for you know who I first thought about Sean was Schlack because you know, Schlack Schlack and Marcus Crane to me I I always associate the two together in my head because the matches they had were were legendary. They had a couple matches for GCW that I feel like straight put them put GCW on the map. You know, and I was there for one of them. Uh, the brutality in the match. I mean, I remember there was a, a straight razor blade board and, you know, Schlack had the little razor Nick cuts all in his back. You know, you could just see it. The brutality, they, they went so insane and hard, you know, and I always put those two together in my mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought about Schlack, you know, I, I thought he must be really, really messed up over it. And, he is, you know, and uh, but you know, if all I all I know is, if Marcus was going through any pain or any suffering or anything like that, I'm glad it's over. You know, right. I know that towards the end there, after he had that surgery, that brain surgery, you know, I know, I know he definitely had some problems, and but uh, but he also was was getting everything straight from what I heard. You know, he was really mm -hmm. getting his life straight. And, you know, very often that's what happens, too. That's what happened to Candido. That's what happened to J.C. Bailey. Got when, when guys start cleaning up and really heading in the right direction, they die a lot of times. It's very strange. Very, very strange. So, I, you know, not to say I'm, I know what happened because I don't. 
I have no idea, but I just know that he, he was, he was on the, on the upswing and it's, um, it's a shame, man. But you know, I, I just remember the good things and Marcus was one hell of a deathmatch wrestler and he loved to have fun. Absolutely. Yeah, he sure did. Oh man. He always had a big smile on his face. Uh, any locker room we were in together. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you ever ref him when he? Did you ever ref any matches where he'd come out with that big red dick? Uh, so <laughs> the devil's big red dick. Let's see. I I can't remember. I think he uh, he did at the uh, oh crap, what was it called? Resistance Pro. Um, okay, because he was on that tournament. Right, uh, that tournament. Right. Out. I believe he came out with the the big red dick on that tournament because that was around the <laughs> yeah. time he was doing that that, uh, that yeah gym. and he yeah, was using was. the GCW it was uh, yeah it was like 2019 ish I feel like 18 mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. uh, so and you know I, I worked for Resistance whenever it was running so uh, or at least in the in the last you know year or so that it was running um, and so uh, I believe he did it there and I but I do remember. Because uh, when I first started watching GCW a lot, you know, buying the the pay-per-views and stuff, um, I remember whenever he would come out with that. And I was just like, that's genius. The bundle <laughs> with the, the balls underneath of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just so genius. It's that <laughs> he would have thought of that to do that. Um, and, and then also just use it as a moniker. Uh, it, it worked. It was cool. It was funny. <laughs> yep. Exactly, yeah. man. Yeah, right. Marcus was and he was a guy I, I have a the Smart Mark released a video uh of him a couple of years back where it said, I'll take the bump, the best of Marcus Crane, or so I think that's what it was called. I'll take that bump. And Marcus was known for always taking the worst shit. You know, yeah. I mean at the NGI geez, was it two or maybe T O S two? I'm mixing him up in my head, but he wrestled Masashi Takeda and he took the fucking pigeon spikes. You know, no, to mess him up bad. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, he could have died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. He, uh, didn't he have like internal bleeding in his lungs or something? Oh, yeah. He had to get rushed to the yeah. hospital, man. He was, oh, man. he was, he was different, a different shade, different color. Yeah. Well, and I remember uh, hearing stories about him. Having uh, didn't he have like a dry ice match with Reed Bentley? Yep, I was there for that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yep. Insane. <laughs> yeah, he did, insane. man. GCW bloodlust. Yeah, dry ice, man. Yeah, that's that's, that's no joke. Like that's, <laughs> that'll burn your skin. You know? I know, I know. <laughs> that's no joke. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Marcus, hell of a wrestler, man. Rest in peace, Marcus. You know, you'll be missed. You absolutely gone too soon, uh, and you will absolutely be missed. Yeah, yeah, rest in peace, Marcus. Way too soon. All right, brother. Well, let's get you on to bed because uh, morning's gonna come real soon here when you gotta oh, get man. up and get to your job. So yeah, Matt. Yeah, this this new schedule has me literally up uh, at the well <laughs> before the butt crack of dawn. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I I'm up way before anybody else because I'm uh, cooking breakfast at a hotel now. So. Wow, yeah, that's cool, yeah, man. Yeah, well, good stuff. It's fun. Keep your listeners, keep your eyes on the podcast because me and Sean got some plans coming up. We got, we're, we're hoping to kick it with Moe's about 
the Kill or Be Killed show that just happened yep. not long ago. And we hope to be kicking it with Billy Starks, yep. you know, pretty soon here. So we got some plans. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I'm excited for both of those. Uh, you know, both those people had uh, integral parts in uh, putting those shows together. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the Cosmic Christmas show was a uh, celebration of Billy's birthday. Um, yep. Yep. So, uh, and then also, too, just to have her on the show is going to be really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then Moses, the man, love having him on yeah. uh, the last time. And uh, so and this KOBK show uh, was another. Uh, it's crazy that it happened in the same month. Um, and just the story, which, you know, we'll get into when we do the show of how I ended up popping on this show very last minute, actually, um, is really kind of cool, but, uh, shout out to Mo's for letting me be a part of it and, uh, and glad to, that he's, you know, going to come on and, and talk about KOBK with us. Cause that show was just another one that was very, very special, uh, a really special moment. Um, and you know, time in, in pro wrestling history, I feel like. Can't wait to talk about it, bro. Well, thanks again, man. We killed it. Have a good night, bro. And thank you to all the listeners for checking us out all the time. We love you guys, and we'll see you around real soon. Sean, yes, take sir. care. All right, you too, brother. Talk to you. All right, man.